Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh boy, Monday. <laughs> Here we go. This is going to be an incredible week. Uh, I've got uh, I've got so many things happening, and I'll be able to tell you as the week goes on uh, some of the details of, of what we're doing here. But things are getting very exciting at Action Radio. Uh, people are starting to notice. They're starting to notice what we're doing. They're starting to um, get in touch with me, and I'm getting in touch with them, and things are happening, and the show is growing, and the uh, the influence is growing, and we're still being suppressed by big tech, and you know, and hopefully that will change. But uh, when we get ready for uh, our big explosion onto the nation, it's going to be huge. And I'm really excited about the things that are happening. In many respects, we are the only citizen legislature in town. I mean, we're it. Uh, actually, worldwide, the only citizen legislature connected to a radio show. And some of the things that we do here, our vaccine product liability, our big tech censorship bill, our constitutional amendment to uh, um, take away the power of Congress to borrow money, our disarmament of all federal agencies involved with things that aren't uh, treason, piracy, and uh, counterfeiting, which are the only federal crimes mentioned in the Constitution. All those things we do is, is unique to us. And so as Matt Gates calls us the ideas factory, I mean, we really are. And so I'll tell you more about that as we go. But uh, that is the dual purpose. It's not, we're not journalists, we're advocates. This is not a, a radio show. This is an advocacy program to uh, change the relationship of the citizen to the government. That's what we do here. And one of my favorite folks is on the line now, too, our, our regular legal reporter, Jonathan Mosley. So let's bring him on uh, and uh, let's find out what's going on in the legal world as we uh, delve into issues that, uh, you know, usually nobody else reports, but we like to talk about here. Jonathan, good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning to you. Um, as usual, what's going on? There's too many things going on that we should pretend to be radio. Your show should be 25 hours a day to... Oh, yeah. Keep up on Tell everything going on. But um, so, as always, I have to be somewhat. What's that? No, I'm, I'm just shuffling papers and getting my books and stuff out. I'm just, you know, oh, okay. getting organized. No, you're fine. Um, so I was. Uh, so just, just to be arbitrary, we were going to go. The, the, I mean, there's a lot, a lot happening, of course. Um, got a. Um, <clears throat> article up on a commentary up on world net daily <clears throat> called the climate cult guide for cowardly republicans <laughs> um you know when did, did this just get published and, uh, ever, I, never heard I of think this. that what happened what happened i'm working on my second cup of coffee i apologize here oh, okay. here in northern virginia we've had well we've had about three days it looks like it's still overcast here Mm-hmm. of the remnants of Hurricane Ian, which is quite surprising that it's still, uh, you know, we, we've been just drenched in rain all the way up here, but I'm sure it's nothing like what you've had down there. Um, actually, um, it passed me by completely. I'm in the panhandle. We didn't feel anything except some extra wind. In fact, it's been very dry and sunny. It's unusually dry and sunny where I am. Um, but the hurricanes are, are like that. They're like tornadoes. If you're in the path, and they're much more narrow in a tornado, of course. But if you're in the path, you can be totally destroyed. And if you're outside the path, you might not even know what happened. If you lived here and didn't have news, you would have no idea that one of the worst hurricanes ever uh, pass over uh, the middle of Florida. That's just the way it is. Yeah, so we're fine here. Well, it's amazing. And I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to wake up. Now, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, climate change, 
I mean, you know how we talked uh, maybe a couple of years ago now about the lawsuits, how all of the uh, cowardly um, members of you know the business community and Republicans and everybody else, how they have um, uh, pandered and thereby have, um, by their pandering, they have uh, basically admitted everything. They've allowed low-level people in government to put out reports and things that aren't true. And, of course, those will all be used in court. And they've already tried some lawsuits. Remember how the tobacco settlements, how they yeah. have spent decades trying to crack open the things and then eventually they got some judges and some evidence and they managed to um, completely clobber things. Well, communism is coming and the idiots in the business community and cowardly Republicans like the cowardly lion have basically admitted everything. I just found your article, so um, we have to post this. I want to. I want. I didn't read this yet. I didn't like it. So you just told me about it now. So this is. This looks like fun. <laughs> well, the thing is, of course, you, people should understand. That in an article, you only have so much space, mm-hmm. and so you can't really fully develop things sometimes. So this is just a list of questions, um, without a lot of explanation. Mm-hmm. That the where the idea is that I think Republicans and business leaders have been um, cowardly in addition to just being cowardly because they say, well, we're not scientists. We'll, we'll get accused of, you know, saying things that we don't know anything about and who are you to, you know, to do these, you know, to get involved in science. So I thought about it like Detective Columbo, mm-hmm. which is ask questions. Right. What, what do we do here? Even Trump yeah. and other people should have done is, if you don't feel comfortable making statements, then just ask questions that they can't possibly answer. <laughs> and it's like Columbo. I think that's what we do here. And you and I do. We all we ask questions and we don't get answers. But sometimes the question itself, its own intrinsic value of the question itself, because we can't answer it, just shows volumes about what's going on. Yeah, back to Columbo. Right, and that. But, but see, that's why for me to suggest it, I only hope somebody will pick it up. If Donald mm-hmm. Trump had sent letters or members of Congress would send letters to the appropriate agencies saying, you know what, I just have some questions. Totally mm-hmm. innocent. You know, I'm just a, I don't know, I was just sitting here and I, I just had these questions. I wonder if you could answer me. But it has to be someone <laughs> so prominent that they can't. I mean, it's like Colombo. You know, Colombia would be leaving uh, the interview with the guy he knew was guilty, but, he, you know, well, he knew he could prove it, but it hadn't been proven yet. And then he'd be mm-hmm. walking out there and he said, you know, I, I just have one more question. And, uh, you know, I was talking to the missus last night and just kind of wondered, and then, you know, he just got sliced and diced the, uh, you know, the murderer or whatever by just, you know, I just, just something has been bothering me. I couldn't mm-hmm. quite figure it out. Yeah. So, I, you know, our guys can't even do that so far. So I'm hoping to to get that that out there. But it's just it's just becoming increasingly clear that um, that uh, our economy, the world. I mean, people are going to die, not just in Europe, but in in less developed countries. 
you know, thousands of people are going to die because of this lie about global warming. Um, so anyway, but nobody, you know, we, we live in a post-truth society. Um, well, you, you raise But anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. so the thing, the other thing is, is it occurs to me, and I'm being barely legal here, but uh, barely in legal issues, but is that, That's okay. you know, the woke left, and this has been true for several generations, but the, certainly the woke people, they don't understand that the world existed before they were born. <laughs> you know, the world started when they were born. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know if we could give a public service announcement to help these people out, but there are these oh, things too. called hurricanes. Oh, I'll set it to music. What? You know, that's, I'll make a public service announcement. I'll set it to music. Feel free. Yeah, give me something to sure. do. Well, there, yeah. there are these things called hurricanes, and they've been going on for probably billions of years. We, uh-huh. you know, we know that the first billion, billion and a half years of the Earth's existence it was a bit different than it is today. But pretty much, you know, if the timetables of scientists are correct, the, four, mm-hmm. the last four billion years have been pretty much the same mm-hmm. in terms of cycles up and down. And there are these things called hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that, I don't know if I already covered this, for, forgive me, but <clears throat> my no, okay. father's family, meaning his siblings and parents, they moved from Ohio after the war. Mm-hmm. And they fully arrived which down war? there on 19. 19- Tell people which war, because we've had a few. Oh, World War II. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe people don't these days don't know <laughs> about a war. There yeah. was a war, <laughs> and uh, it was a war caused by some people on the level of Slow Joe's intelligence. Leftist. World War One. Yeah, leftist caused where World everybody War, made. Two. Yeah. What's that? Leftist caused well, World War Two. Well, everybody made Hitler a bunch of dumb alliances and. Yep. And they were brandishing sabers, just like Biden was trash talking Putin before, you know. And and uh, I, you know, okay, let's look. Biden and Putin are both, you know, adolescent level thugs. Um, but you don't trash talk a thug into, and then he's got to. He feels like he's got to to uh, defend his honor by going into into Ukraine, which is you know stupid. But what do you expect? Um, and, um, so you had World War One, where everybody was doing the same thing. And then Grand Duke Ferdinand was shot in his open touring car, mm-hmm. um, when he slowed down in Serbia and, you know, the whole, the whole world had to go to war because of the idiots at the top. Yeah. But anyway, but there was World War Two. you know, maybe most people don't know about it, but, um, mm. then, uh, you know, there were fascists. Well, there are, I mean, people do watch movies, but they all want to yep. be part of the glory. Of, but so there was World War II, and after that, my parents moved to from Ohio to Florida. So you understand, you know, wars caused my family to move. You know, first, first there was a war, then my family moved to Ohio. Therefore, wars caused people to move to Florida. <laughs> um, that's the level of science we have today. Anyway, so they went down there, and in 1947, coincidence is it causation versus coincidence? Is that what that's called? It, it is. You'll you'll see okay. in my questions on global warming, there is a BuzzFeed News put up a bunch of correlations that that reported I deny it, but reported increases in global temperature have increased as the number of pirates have decreased in the world. 
<laughs> so so therefore, clearly, mm-hmm. clear, therefore, yeah, that's the that's the problem. Like therefore, yeah. like you know, if, mm-hmm. if you went to a government a woke government school, mm-hmm. uh, you might know your pronouns, but you don't know any science. Um, oh, did you see my post on so, pronouns? I got um, I, I got to jump in. I, I'm, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just I did a funny thing on this weekend. I saw it. No, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I was thinking about pronouns. I don't know where these things pop into my head, but I thought personal pronouns. There you go. I thought the only personal pronouns are, are I and me. <laughs> you know, so I wrote that down. And I, I looked mm-hmm. at pronouns. I said, okay, so, so my personal pronouns are I and me because every other pronoun refers to other people or other people referring to me. So those are the, so I put that down. It's got a big reaction. I was surprised how many people commented on that and, and, uh, and liked it, but it's, it's true. That, that's just basic English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Among other things, you might be arguing they're not personal pronouns because they're not yours. They're somebody else's. Well, that's not exactly personal. right. The only personal pronouns are I and me because, and those are the only ones that we can use about ourselves. That's what makes them personal. Okay, I'll buy it. If, it, if it's about anybody else, you know, second person or third person really doesn't exist in terms of person. It doesn't exist in terms of you. It's somebody else. In other words, so the other personal pronouns, he, she, they, we, all refer to other people or include other people, but they're not personal. They're a group or they're other, as opposed to the only personal pronouns are I and me. Because those are the only ones how you well, can refer I mean, to yourself. You can't refer to yourself as an, they, unless you're an idiot. This is another fatal defect of the woke left. And not yeah. just the, you know, the woke is the latest group of them. That, you know, it's pretty bad, you know, it was bad before. And that is, that is language. It's like, like people say that if you want to, if we wanted to, you know, have a coup against the young people, all we have to do is write it in cursive and they won't know how to read it. Um, and putting things, putting things in things like language is like, you know, for example, if I say, you know, in, in political terms, I'd say something, but it comes down to the same thing as I hate green cars. Mm-hmm. So the Washington Post would say John Mosley hates cars. No, I just hate the green ones. No, or, John Mosley hates, they hates say, black people because uh, black people make cars That's and work on assembly lines. That's what they'd say. <laughs> well, that, you're probably right. They would go there. And, and then, then they'd say that, that you know, John Mosley, you know, fact check, John Mosley says that all cars are green because mm-hmm. I said I hate green cars. Like, no, I didn't say all cars are green. I said that I don't like the, I don't like the color green on a car. Um, and... Uh, you know, but but language is something that's a little too difficult for the left of today. That's that's like, uh, you know, it's sort of like sort of like we use language. Sit, yeah, like but sitting at a, at a fork in the road, and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, well, and of course, language distinguishes us from the animals. Um, mm-hmm. Although sometimes, well, I don't know how to get. But anyway, <laughs> so you're sitting at a fork in the road, and the left just doesn't know what to do. Um, that's what lang- You know, that's the 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 problem of language. So anyway, looks like we're going to head in the direction of schools um, mm-hmm. here anyway. So we haven't taught anything. So mm. that's what's going on anyway with uh, just updates on uh, you can check on my attempt to educate cowardly Republicans. Because the whole thing is, is that the, the problem with the left and the problem with the cowardly Republicans, it, well, first of all, it began with, with, Mr., with Dr. Spock. The idea that, that you don't, that the way to raise your children is not to actually raise your children at all. It's just to let them be, you know, uh, spawn of Satan and run around and do whatever they want. And they'll, you know, don't yep. be mean about it. Don't turn out fine. And um, 
so eventually they'll, you know, they'll, they'll come around. So the whole leadership of the Republican Party in the business community was saying that um, was going along with the idea that, you know, it's just a phase. The, the, the left is uh, just going through a phase. They're, being a, they're throwing a temper tantrum about the environment. If we don't, if we just kind of hide in the closet, they'll, uh, the young uns will, um, you know, will get over it. And, of course, they don't. And the reason they don't is because they're not going by logic. They're filled with hatred and bitterness and, and narcissism. So um, there's no logic to it. It's just, you know, if they, if they like others have said, I think Rush Limbaugh said, if they get what they want, they'll just want something else. Because um, mm-hmm. they didn't want, they never wanted it in the first place. They just hate. Um, anyway, so, and, and the other day, I think we didn't finish on saying like, I forget what we were talking about, but the FBI and, courts and things and why is it that we used to believe in them mm-hmm. I think we I think we didn't have quite time for last week to make this point we used to believe in these institutions and now we're finding out how horrible they are and I wanted to point out but you know in my view that's because um, that's what the left does that's what the left has always done they mm-hmm. look for an institution that has respect and then they infiltrate it like a horde of of, of, of termites so whenever you see an institution that once was respected you know it it is a target to be sabotaged and 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 you know taken hostage by the left so that's why it it's not it's not respectable anymore because the left destroys everything it touches um so anyway um, and Don Bengino has some pretty amazing things about that some whistleblowers of the FBI um, that mm-hmm. That basically, yeah, that's on my list of, uh, of things to cover. I've got about half a page of notes just mm-hmm. in what you've said so far. So we have like three hours of material right now. <laughs> this is kind of cool. But oh my uh, God. let's talk about the, anyway. Let's, so you want to talk so about let's go from there into yeah. You want to go from there into this? This is just like the warm up. Um, oh, okay. You're you're prepared. Kind of like morning. people wondering like where where is he going to go next? Uh, yeah. But um, but the. Um, so anyway, the schools, you notice mm-hmm. how I think a week or so ago, Biden went to speak to the NEA. And of course, yeah. the NEA, you know, the one thing that the NEA and their conventions um, don't talk about is education. <laughs> you know, you've noticed that they're, they're, into, they're into all these other political left, you know, mm-hmm. um, things. They, they're they're well, not so interested because in they don't have anything to do with education. They don't care about education. I mean, they represent teachers and they are, they're a moneymaker for themselves. They're a fundraiser. They're a political extremist right. group, probably a terrorist group in many respects, but they, have, they don't have, but they don't represent education. They represent teachers. There's a difference. Does that make sense? Well, that's a very good point, but it's also, it's also a, you know, a century and a half long trick of the left, the mm-hmm. corrupt communist left. And again, communist does not mean they wear, they speak Russian and wear fur hats. Communism comes from Austria and, and, and Germany, from Karl Marx and his followers. And it was just, mm-hmm. it just, uh, you know, took over Russia, but it's not Russian. It's a philosophy and it's, you know, it's now infected the United States. But anyway, so for, for a century and a half, you know, their idea is, is that if they want to push I don't know, pick something, you know, open borders or whatever. They'll create, mm-hmm. you know, plumbers for a just society. And, pe- you know, with the idea <laughs> that people will say, well, I'm a plumber. 
So I must agree. I must believe what these guys believe. And, you know, so, so the same thing with the teachers union, like you say, you know, here's a bunch of teachers and they want, uh, you know, they want to tax the rich um, who are already paying more than their fair share. And, you know, they want to impose communism and all these other things. And like, well, I'm a teacher, so I must agree with them too. Yeah. So that's go by association or, or it's like flawed, it's like flawed logic, illogic by association. It's like, what's yeah. that thing in a proof, right? You have a proof, a logical proof. If this is true and yeah. this is true, then the third thing is true. Even though those two things, and this is the, the Democrats and the left argue this all the time. They'll pick two things which are true by themselves and relate that to a third thing that has nothing to do with the first two. In fact, the first two have nothing to do with each other. And yet they use a preponderance right. of facts to prove a point, even though the point themselves is not proven and it's easy to challenge. And worse than that, the two things that they're using to prove the point are irrelevant. Right. So, I mean, that, that's, one of, that's one of the questions I'm trying to ask on global warming is, hmm. you know, there, there's so many things wrong with man-made climate change, but, but frankly, you can't get past the first two, three, maybe four, because the left has no answers for them. They just, they just yell at you and shut up. Well, oh, that's when they, they stop you asking the say, questions. No, you've just defined the whole problem. The reason that the left, why the left shuts down the questions is because they don't have the answers. They can't afford to let us ask the questions because the questions will prove them to be flawed, to prove them to be everything that leads back to communism. Global, global, uh, you know, globalists lead back to communism. Uh, climate change leads back yeah. to communism. Critical race theory leads back to communism. Everything that they do leads back to a communist dictatorship. Well, and, and they don't care which road they but, take. But, 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 the, people, right? but if people hear that, Mm-hmm. If people hear that and they go, oh, come on, how can that be? Because that's the plan. Exactly. You know, it's not an accident. It's not that, it's not that you know, somehow it leads back to communism. That's how communism is. It's like an aggressive virus. Mm-hmm. You know, communism is a virus, and it, and it spreads by infecting every institution it can get, get, get into. Well, let's talk so about it all leads back to communism. Yeah, let's talk about the GOP. Is the GOP, how has communism infected the GOP so that they become the, the, the controlled opposition, the lack of a party, the uniparty? The GOP, speaking of language, I want to get this when you were talking about this earlier. As far as English goes, I don't use the term rhino anymore. I call them transgender Democrats, which pokes fun at the whole theory of transgender, which doesn't exist. And it pokes fun at the, at the Republicans because they're not really Republicans. It's not in name only. You can't be something in name only. You, know, uh, you either are or you aren't. So Republicans are transgender well, Democrats. Name only is a nice way of saying they're liars. Well, then say they're liars. They are flat out. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this loopy language. The liars. Okay, so how does communism, how, in, in the communist plan, in the communist manifesto, in, in Karl Marx, and uh, it's interesting came about Germany. Germany doesn't, no offense to my German listeners. I love you guys. You're great. And in fact, I, you know, some of my best friends are German. Uh, but quite honestly, uh, the country as a whole, it was the Goethe who said this. Germans are great as individuals, but as a nation, they got a few problems. Well, you know, one of them is Karl Marx and, you know, Adolf Hitler that and Kaiser and, and well Bismarck and some of the other, well, Goethe was great. Well, Goethe was German. I mean, he knew his people, right? But from, from Bismarck well, to I, uh, Kaiser, I, you know, go ahead. When I emphasize that Marxism is German and Austrian, I don't mean mm-hmm. that a hundred percent of Germany ever no. agreed with it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just said, saying it's you know, not, you know, you don't have to wear a white Russian fur hat to be a mm-hmm. communist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is so, not to say that all British are um, independent and philosophers of, of Magna Carta and believe in freedom and independence like our, like our founders do. I mean, nothing's universal, right. so we, we, we don't need the disclaimer so much. But what I'm curious about is how you figure that G- communism needs useful mm-hmm. idiots. 
And is the GOP the party right. of useful idiots? What function do they serve in the leftist communist well, dictatorship? The, the, the GOP is the, mm-hmm. last, is the last battleground mm-hmm. other than maybe the churches. Because mm-hmm. it, it, you know, for, for decades, the, the left, which mm-hmm. I think we have to just call them communists, what they are, um, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, and they're, they're European, okay, maybe just a European communist. They're not Chinese, they're not Korean, North Koreans, they're not Russians, they're European communists. Okay. And the, um, but but the, their effort has been to to make to make both parties the same in terms of their agenda. Maybe not you know the same in other ways, mm-hmm. so that no matter who wins, their agenda wins. Right. That has been that has been the battle. But the, the thing is, is that um, they're trying to is that Republicans are trying to uh, fight back. And, you know, the, the battle, you know, we're actually winning the battle, mm-hmm. although slowly. And the, the, biggest, the biggest problem we have winning the battle is most people don't know there is a battle. <laughs> um, but but we're, we're winning the battle to throw, you know, the rhinos, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the undocumented Democrats, out of the gondola, <laughs> the balloon gondola. That's, a good, that's, that's, and, that's as good as transgender Democrats. I like that. Undocumented Democrats. I mean, the yeah. thing is, is that we, I mean, the thing is, is mm-hmm. the, the, the John McCain's, the Bushies, uh-huh. all mm-hmm. these people are shocked and saying, you know, let's return it back to the Republican Party the way it was. No, we're going to vomit if we see one more <laughs> of you, of you traitors. Yep. Yep. We, you know, it's not about Trump. It's about, I mean, I went in the year 2000, uh, John McCain was having a rally in Old Town, Alexandria. And, mm-hmm. and we went to counter demonstrate him as Republicans because, because he's a disgust, he was a disgusting, despicable traitor to the country, mm-hmm. not in uniform, but no. when he left uniform and got into politics, you know, he, those people, those people are the enemy. And, and we have been, you know, we have been trying, you know, I, I was not a follower of Trump's career. You know, we, we were, we were trying to, we were trying to, you know, fume, you know how they, they fumigate a house by covering over with a gigantic tent and spraying the whole house. I mean, we, we yep. were trying to, to, to fumigate the Republican Party before I'd ever heard of Donald Trump. So anyway, um, so the Republican Party is the last battleground. And they, what they want to do, what they've always wanted to do is that, is that whether the Republican or the Democrat wins, the, the left-wing agenda always wins no matter what. And, no, that's, and, and that's we huge. are turning the tide. No, that's a, that's a huge yeah. point because I was thinking of making a post actually last night of all the things that uh, are, are similar. You look at Kevin McCarthy's commitment. You know, it's like uh, what somebody would say, you know, wanting a one-night stand. It's like, I'll promise you anything. But, of course, the next morning, <laughs> they've completely forgotten it. Uh, as opposed to Newt Gingrich's contract with America. I wonder what the differences between the two. But the thing right. is, they'll Mitch promise McConnell anything. The, Mitch, yeah. Go ahead. Mitch McConnell and those people are the worst because they're, they're saying like, mm-hmm. you know, we, I mean, the recent thing is that we, uh, they said we will um, repeal Obamacare. You just have to give us Congress. Mm-hmm. So we gave them the House. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, yeah, but yeah, we got, you, you know, well, you got to give us the Senate and we'll vote against it. And so we said, okay, you have the Senate and the Congress. Mm-hmm. And, and then during the lame duck session, when they could have passed it during the lame duck session, they said, oh, no, we, we need to get the White House, too. <laughs> I mean, they, they never do anything. Like you say, it's like a one-night stand. The, prom- the, 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 the 
the establishment Republicans will promise mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. and then after they've done the deed, they uh, you know they 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 renege on it. Yeah, they take off before and, and the phone. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. yeah. And then she finds out the phone number is fake. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, um, well, but see, but this I believe this is an integral integral part. See, the other problem too is is that people think of the, the entire political spectrum as left wing Democrats and right wing Republicans, but they represent such a narrow, tiny little fragment of the political spectrum. The founding fathers had nothing to do with the current Republican Party. And you look at the things the Democrats and Republicans are the same on. They're the same on the national debt. They're the same on 20-year wars. They're the same on, on ever-increasing regulation. They're the same on increasing level of government. They're the same on lack of protection uh, of our rights. They're the same on election fraud, which they caused. You know, I, I put a post the other day about uh, Mike Pence you know, being the only person who, uh, who actually stole his own election for the other side. You know, I mean, you don't get much more of a traitor than that. So the Republican Party is an integral part of the communist revolution, uh, but they just don't. But but people think of that as the opposition. And what they're drawing, what they're doing is they're drawing a bunch of attention and a bunch of money that could be much better spent at Action Radio, quite frankly. All we need is a few decent donors who are sick of the transgender Democrats. We'll change the world right here. But but they, they, they do this as as the distraction, as the money, you know, pit. To take away the money that could go to legitimate folks like the Tea Party, us, well, the, you know, any of the world right. net daily, those, any legitimate, those, yeah, it, it's a money soaker. Those donations to media, or mm-hmm. you know, the Tea Party, or whatever, would have enduring value. If, yeah. they, if they if they dump it into a lying, lying, cheating, thieving uh, candidate, it's mm-hmm. gone in a few months. Yeah. Well, they represent the um, party. Know, infrastructure. People don't know this. They represent the party. Once a, once a person gets to Congress, they no longer represent you. Your vote is meaningless. They represent the party. The party tells them how to vote. The party tells them which campaign, you know, how much campaign money they're going to get. The party gives them everything. And if the party doesn't support them, they don't get reelected. This is why party people in Congress right. should not right. belong to a party. But that's the problem. The party, you know, people, and they go, you know, this is why Action Radio, I don't give a damn who wins the elections. It doesn't matter to me. Whoever's in office, I'm going to lobby them the same way with our bills. We are, we are trans party. Mm-hmm. We are beyond party. We don't, at least me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm speak for everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, I, mm-hmm. I told you the story. It's famous in conservative circles, except I don't remember names very well. But one, mm-hmm. one uh, outsider Republican um, one outside Republican um, won a special election, came to Washington, D.C., and found there were all these people in his office. Of course, there's a lottery system. You don't know what your office yeah, is. Yeah, you told me this story. And then, you, know, you don't remember who it and was? And then he got there. And no, I have to look it up. But I, I can oh, okay. find it out someday. But he okay. found all these people in his office. Mm-hmm. And the establishment said, yeah, we thought you might need some help, so we, we took the liberty of hiring all your staff for you. Mm-hmm. I would so have fired the him on the spot. Was all, yeah. Yeah. What? I would have fired him on the spot. I said no. <laughs> well, should have. I think maybe he did, but, but they were all they're, they're all to, to make the make the republic the new Republican loyal to the establishment leadership. Because right. everybody working in his office mm-hmm. you know, is, is 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 subservient to the establishment, not to the congressman. Yep. Uh, well that's anyway, the problem. So this, Yeah. Go ahead. So we were going to go, well, I don't know if we, this fits anymore with what little time we have left here, but, you know, we, one hour, we, we, got, the, we got two hours. I got the next hour open, so you can stay as long as you want. It's up to you. Okay. If you're busy, I understand. I got so, plenty of material on my own, but, you know, I like chatting the thing with you. that we got to, <laughs> to talk about is that the National Association, mm-hmm. the, um, 
is, provi- is providing educators with links to sex instruction sites. Now, of course, mm. we, we've kind of, kind of got to back up here a little okay. bit and say... NEA, right? I don't feel National Education Association about sex. Yeah. Yeah. What? Any, you got cut out just for one word. It's the NEA, National Education Association. That's what we're talking about. Well, I'm, yes, the, I'm looking at an article that says National Teachers Union, but that's just there. Oh, yeah. That's just the headline okay. writer. It's the NEA. Okay. okay. Um, related, National Teacher Unions have lost 200,000 members. Um, so but the thing is, is that I don't care what you're saying about sex in the, in, as a teacher or in the schools. Mm-hmm. That's not your job. You know, it's like, it, it, it's like, it's like you go in to get your, your brakes fixed. And, and the mechanic wants to talk to you about, you know, Eastern mythology. You know, it's like, no, no, I'm here to get my brakes fixed. Yeah. I'm not here to, to learn about Hindus or Buddhists or things like that. You're not fixing my brakes. And so whenever we talk about, you know, about sex and all these other things that, mm-hmm. that the teachers union is involved in, in, none of that is their job. Uh, so anyway, Unless you know, and if, if you're taking mm-hmm. a course on sex ed, this is the only time it is their job. But otherwise, although no. I, I, although I would, I would object to there being sex ed, okay. um, you know. But, um, you know, but uh, um, I'll get you with Dorothy sometime because that's what she does. She's a sex ed teacher. No, but, she's but does, it, yeah, but she's I mean, not on to this week I mean, though. Yeah, it's the school. You know, it's, it's right. the school. Yes, mm-hmm. there should be sex ed, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that it's it's within the the scope of the school. And this idea that of like universities, if, if, if there's a rate or something like that, that mm-hmm. the, the school has to investigate. And my reaction is, no, you call 911. That's mm-hmm. why we have police. You stay out of it. You know, it's none of your damn business, university. Um, you call the police. The police come, come over, and they, take, and they have training and rules, and they do it right, and they don't, you know, that's – um, real judges, but, but real courts, you know, it's not a student court. They're not gonna, you don't suspend the student because you think they might have done it, you know, because they're a white guy. Right. You know, it's just uh, all these – well, this is, well this, what about campus police then? Because should campus police only enforce campus policies? Well, but, but, those and, are, but those are rent-a-cops. That's like the right. mall security team. Oh, okay. You know, you have people, their eyes and ears, and if there's a problem, they call the police. You know, university, university police are, are rent-a-cops. They're just there to hmm. say, I'm here, and if I see a problem, I call the cops, the real cops. Anybody could do that. I mean, not to – well, but you want to have somebody – and I'm not trying to undermine, you know, th- them or who they are. I'm just saying that the universities – you know, this idea that universities or schools should be all things to all people, they should do everything, mm-hmm. is, is a premise that we, we have to attack these premises. The, the, right. You know, the, the assumptions, the foundation. Anyway, so now the NEA is providing um, links to um, explicit obscenity. I mean, let, let's, let, let's back up. Say in the law, there's a difference between pornography and mm-hmm. obscenity. Hmm. Pornography is, is, you know, discouraged or used to be discouraged in society, but it's not illegal. Under the law, obscenity goes beyond just mere pornography. And um, there's a famous saying, saying that, that a, ju- a Supreme Court justice says, I know obscenity when I see it. Um, but obscenity is so, I mean, today it's accepted as pornography, but it's so, uh, so outrageous and explicit 
mm-hmm. that it's, a, it, it's actually, it actually can be prohibited legally and traditionally, you know, going, and, you know, that may sound strange in today's, today's time period, but, but that's the traditional meaning of it. So what, what, what the, the National Education Association is, is, is directing students to is not pornography. It's obscenity. It's explicit anal sex, explicit, you know, other sex, telling people, you know, teaching young people how to engage in, in explicit sexual activity. And they're issuing these, these badges to teachers with a QR code so that, so that it looks like, um, you know, it's official and approved and, and the, um, Someone, a teacher with a badge, just has to show it. You're still there, right? I'm sorry. I'm just listening. Yeah, you should silent. I was hoping I wasn't just talking to myself. So anyway, they so they 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 can they can um, link to it and go straight to all this explicit pornography. And there's all it's also set up. They also teach people, I think, how to when your when your parents come into the room, how to how to click on a button and and it looks like it's you know goes to a uh, innocent looking thing. So it's, it's not only teaching them, you know, it's not only grooming them in, in explicit sex. It's also, of course, you know, uh, foment, you know, uh, attacking the family mm-hmm. and the role of, of, fa- of families in their life. So, um, um, it, you know, I know that the governor DeSantis is a little busy right now. Um, and I used, we used to live just a bit. on Fort Myers <laughs> and Sanibel yeah. Island, but, but I would say, you know, I would say if I, if, 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 you know, if Governor DeSantis were there and he had plenty of time and, and everything like that, you should arrest these guys. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're explicitly, I mean, not, not only be, and you know, it's true because, for example, if, if I go to a bar and have, and, and meet a young woman who's, you know, 18 legal and have mm-hmm. sex with her, mm-hmm. you know, some people might frown on that, but it's not illegal. If I'm her guardian yeah, she's or her teacher. Her bar, but anyway, I know what you mean. Well, I mean, yeah, but or, or her doctor mm-hmm. or, you know, some special relationship. Mm-hmm. Now it can be illegal. Yeah. So, so when you have teachers pushing obscenity on, on, on students in, 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 in that context of well, a special relationship, a relationship of special trust, but it's also right. just obscenity to minors. So why do you think I mean, they're the doing this? You know, and just to your, your question before as to, to, you know, when it's a big gap, I'm trying to listen better. because <laughs> I know I get really enthusiastic with everybody. I jump in all the time. But like I just did then. Um, but what is the overall agenda? And Pianchi's on the line, too, so I'll bring him in in a second. Why are they doing this? What, I, I, what, I, I, what are they trying to accomplish? What's, what's, what's going on? What do you think? I, I, I really don't know. But I think, okay. I, I mean, it, the best explanation I can I can get is that those who reject God and right, you know, are all united in you know whether they realize it or not in doing mm-hmm. you know following the impulses of God's enemy. Um, but they want to tear down. Uh, well, I mean, let, let me look at this. You know, people people say that like communism, mm-hmm. that that the Russians had a, a, the created the Ukrainian famine. No. A Georgian named Stalin, who is not mm-hmm. Russian or Ukrainian, following the dictates of European communism, you know, caused a, a famine in both Ukraine and Russia, 
um, because because they were trying to forcibly collectivize the farmers. And how dare you not do as we say? You know, thou thou shalt kneel before Zod. Um, and so, um, you know, that that that's the the and, and what I point out is is that communism had to eradicate the family as a mm-hmm. competing political power center. They had to they had to neuter the church. They couldn't completely get rid of it, so they filled. Uh, the, the Russian Orthodox Church with KGB agents as priests, but they wow. but they wanted you know any competing power center, mm-hmm. communism has to eliminate the the party. So involved. church, family, and country, nationalism, um, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, religion and, and and family. Yeah, it's like those three things. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. And that's what uh, they're going after with uh, Georgia Maloney, uh, the new woman who's uh, prime minister of, of Italy. And Marine Le Pen, who should have been, you know, prime minister or president of France, and, and some of these other folks, it's 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 quite fascinating how it goes. But I think there's an overall agenda. I want I've been talking to a bunch of people on the show, and we've talked about this issue several times. It seems to me, from everybody, everybody I've talked to, that in order for communism to succeed, they have to take away everything that you value. They take away your country. They take away your family. They take away God. They take away your morals. They take away your ability to say no to anything. They take away your judgment. They take away your self-confidence. They take away any, any self-esteem that you might have had. They totally crush everything and make you accept men in women's bathrooms. They make you accept you know, men on swim teams, on women's swim teams. They make you accept you know, sex at a ridiculously young age, which, should, which is illegal. They make you accept pornography. They make you accept everything that we find reprehensible. And they do this as a way to strip the individual and take everything away from them. And so that the only thing left is communism. So there's, it's like G.K. Chesterton, who I, I quote you know, fairly often, said the danger when people don't believe in God is not that they will believe in nothing. It's that they will believe in anything. And so communism replaces all the things that parents teach, that our country teaches, that our school used to teach, and they replace it with this ideology of, of sexual decadence, of perversion, of pedophilia, which is being pushed like crazy, of the whole drag queen agenda in the schools and everything else, and the, the, the LGBTQ, the bad part of the agenda, that what is not normal you know, is normal. It's a reversal of everything. It's through the looking glass politics, and they do that, and the result is people, is kids that have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea who they are. They have no idea what country they're in. They have no idea. They don't even know they have the ability to distinguish right from wrong because they've been told that distinguishing right from wrong is issuing judgment. Well, you can't be judgmental. Well, of course you can. You can't go through five seconds of your life without being judgmental. That's the whole point of life is to learn how to be judgmental of things that affect you. And they take all of that away and they replace it with communism, with this ideology where communism becomes your God. Communism becomes your country. Communism becomes your family. Communism becomes your identity. You are nothing without communism. And therefore, if you lose communism, you lose everything about who you are. That's how I think it works. Well, and, and to, to, to repeat, you know, to go on with that is if you That's are a good. real estate developer I like and that. you want to yeah. what? No, I like that speech. Want, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, we'll keep a, record that. And, I mean, or I do. edit that. It's podcast. You know, <laughs> Market folks. Yeah, so, yeah. so the thing is, is that if, you, um, if you're a real estate developer and you mm-hmm. want to uh, develop slums, you know, what, what you know. The, oh, slumlord? Uh, decrepit. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying you want to be a slum. I'm just saying you find, you know, decrepit uh, slums and you want to fix them up what do you have what do you have to do you have to tear everything down now of course we think communism is evil but they think it's they think it's 
is good. So if you, um, you know, if they want to rebuild society, what do they mm-hmm. have to do? They have to tear it all down mm-hmm. before they before they can build. And get rid of history. Different. Get rid of statues. Get rid of history. And get rid of, get rid of history. history books. You can't know, change you history. Can't know history. Yeah, we're a slave country. Let's get Pianki in the conversation. Um, Pianki. Oh, so, or, as soon as you're done with your point, Jonathan, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh... No, that's that's okay. Mm-hmm. Pianki. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? We're on a roll. Jonathan's been brilliant this morning. It's been fun to listen to. He's been hysterical too. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize you were this funny. <laughs> this has been a great hour. Yeah. No, but on that issue, you got people mm-hmm. that like communism, and what you see Why? is going on here in the United States. What, what, what do they it's like? Whatever. About? Reason. What, what is it other than the powerful? Like okay, go ahead. They like it. They like it because they can leave it whenever they got ready. All they got to do is run across the border, right? Which border? The border of the country that they are in. It's just like blacks. Blacks could run across the border into Mexico, run across the border into Canada, get on a boat and go back to Africa. From what they complain, well, it wouldn't be so going you back got people because who, most black people have never been to Africa. <laughs> you know, you know, that'd be like saying I should go back to the Caucasus Mountains because I'm white. I've never been there. I don't know anything about. The yeah, place. but it's not the it's not the idea that you want to go someplace where you've never been. The, uh-huh. the, the premise is you want to get away from where you are, and if you didn't, it didn't mean that you tolerated. Well, the whole point now, of communism, they, you know, I, see, uh, I mean, the Berlin Wall kept people in. I mean, the uh, communism keeps people in. You can't leave communism any more than you can leave slavery. You know, the, the, that's part of the deal. You know, if you're in a communist yeah, country, they don't, they don't give you visas and passports. All of Germany. What's yeah, that? It, the Berlin Wall was a political thing more so. Oh, I crossed it. I Czech, went through Checkpoint Charlie. I can tell you all about the Berlin Wall. I was there. Yeah, I but saw it, still, it. It, still mm-hmm. was, it still was political. But the thing that I'm saying is what you're seeing going on here in the United States mm-hmm. is that there's people trying to destroy it in the last bastion. And I'm not going to say it's the last because there's other countries in the world, groups of people in the world that follow some of the tenets that the U.S. has because when they revise their constitution, they usually have the U.S. constitution there on the table with them. But what we're seeing here with the NEA and so far is just accumulation of finally stuff coming together to a point, a heated point, where they're trying to make a overall change in the United States. But well, wasn't and, there an appeal uh, to, to blacks for communism? I think Paul Robeson, the famous singer, you know, was an American communist. I mean, I, we should check the history on that. I'm just going by memory right now, so I could be wrong. But there were a lot of uh, black Americans that felt that capitalism wasn't working, and it wasn't. You know, there, but it wasn't working for a lot of white people either, or anybody for that matter. In fact, communism, you know, the early days the, before, when we had child labor, in fact, Jonathan and I talked about this on Labor Day. You know, the unions, uh, you know, were, were, union members were shot. The Pinkertons, the, the, the corporate guards, would kill people. You know, there were some pretty horrible situations, and a lot well, of black Americans felt that communism would be a better way to go, even though they didn't know the well, truth. Well, that court goes back to the 1920s. One of the reasons why come probably <clears throat> the head of the FBI, Hoover, took on the uh, attitude that he took. But, uh, you know, to get down uh, to it, if people want to uh, – we have a U.S. Constitution, which I'm very favorable of, right? And that should be the supreme guidance of the nation. It needs not be changed. It just needs to be read the way it is. I think. It needs to be used. <laughs> it needs to be used. 
Yeah. Well, let me get back to it. I want to make sure we cover this, this with Jonathan, that the whole idea of, of communism in this country, those that benefit are at the top. And I think everybody thinks that they'll be at the top, you know, and, and what it turns out is that the person at the top worries about everybody else trying to be at the top. So the only thing they're worried about is being assassinated by people on the way up. You look at Kim Jong-il who kills all of his opposition. Why? Or Kim Jong-un. Why? Because he could easily be replaced by somebody else that wants that kind of power. That's, the, that's how communism works. It works by assassination, by dictatorship, by power. And everybody thinks that they're going to be the ones in power and they're going to get all the goodies. And to a certain extent, the people at the very top do. And they're willing to trade that, the risk of that, to get the goodies at the expense of their own people, millions of people. So what's the attraction to communism? And, and, and again, I want to just finish this part about the Republican Party because I think they're key to it. I think they are, they are the pretend opposition. They are the controlled opposition. I think people think if there's an opposition to the leftist communist Democrats that we're going to be okay. And if we just elect the, the Republicans in the fall, which we're going to be okay. But we're not going to be okay because they've never done anything when they had power. In fact, they gave it away. They gave away the Senate. There were 48 Democrats and 50 Republicans. How is it the Democrats are in the majority and have all the control of the committee chairs? Okay, Kamala Harris is not in the Senate. She's the vice president. She comes in to, well, she's not the vice president, but she, she walks in to break ties. That's it. She's not part of the Senate. She doesn't count as a majority. Those two independents that, quote, caucus with the Democrats, that doesn't make you a Democrat. That just means you talk to them. That doesn't make them Democrats either. So there are 50 Republican senators and 40 Demo- 48 Democrat, senate, Democrat senators, and yet the Republicans are the minority. The Republicans let the, the Democrats steal eight, was it seven or eight seats in California? In 2018, I don't know how many they lost in 2020, but the Republicans had the House both in 2018 and 2020, and they gave it away because they're never supposed to be in power. They're the controlled opposition. All right. John McCain was supposed to lose to Barack Obama. He did. You know, Mitt Romney was supposed to lose to Barack Obama. They both probably could have beaten him, but they lost because that was the plan. Hillary Clinton was supposed to be president and Jeb Bush was supposed to lose to her. That was the plan. The next plan is that Mike Pence is going to lose to Hillary this time. That's the plan. That's what the Republicans are. You can't call yourself an American patriot and be a Republican. You can't because they're not a real party. They're part of the controlled opposition. They're the fake. They're the actors that pretend to be opposition when they're really not. So the American people actually think we have a two-party system, but we don't. That's why I have to unregister as a Republican, which I registered for the primary because I wanted to vote for – because that's the only people who are on the ballot here you know, in Florida. But there is no second party. It's part of the same party because they all want the same things, permanent war, an increasing national debt constant regulation and increase in power, more perks, more privilege, and, and more of anything else, everything else they get. So why would anybody want to vote Republican and think that there's going to be a difference? Voting for Trump makes a difference, but voting for the GOP, the gelding old party, there's no point, no reason whatsoever. Uh, well, if it can't be changed, if, if it can't be changed or controlled mm-hmm. by the normal way that we have uh, come accustomed to, mm-hmm. then there's probably two of us points that uh, it would evolve into. States mm-hmm. gonna draw lines. Yep, they have to. Then people are gonna do what people yeah. have to do to protect themselves, defend themselves. Okay. So but look at us though. Here's the, and this is this is a really big point I want to actually for both of you to address this. Because I, I figured long ago that it's not about people. It's not about it's not about politicians. It's not about elections. It's about the laws. If you can influence or control the laws, it doesn't matter who's in office. Because everybody's putting all their emphasis into the election. Everybody puts into politicians who then serve their party and refuse to serve their constituents. So there's no point in electing somebody you know, to, be, uh, to represent you when you know they're going to represent the party. 
That's an inherent contradiction. That makes no sense. So all the money and all the effort that's going into this midterm election for people that will then serve the Republican and Democrat Party, and the Republican Party serves the Democrat Party, there's no point. So this is why the whole point of Action Radio is to start influencing and controlling, hopefully, you know, the ability to submit laws that we consent to be governed by. Still using the Constitution, still using the representative system. And yes, we need good people in office to pass it. But the emphasis is not just on the people in office and then expecting them to do the right thing. They cannot pass on their own a bill of vaccine product liability. Big Pharma will not let them. We can. We can write it. We've done it. You know, it's, already, it's already on our, our books. We can then get people to report on it. We can get people to take polls on it. We can get representatives to support it and vote for it. But they're never going to do it on their own. That's where we come in. So we need a fundamental shift from, from, from people to laws. Once you influence the laws, this is, what the, this is what the left does with the Supreme Court. They change the laws according to what they want. The Supreme Court's not representative. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're criminals. But it's our job to change the laws, to force the government to comply with well, the actual and, dictates and of the Constitution. And see, this is where things are, are changed. Frankly, I think that, you know, like Andrew Breitbart and others people said that, that politics mm-hmm. is downstream from culture. You know, the left has understood that you take over Hollywood, you take over the culture, you take over the schools, mm-hmm. the elections don't matter. Um, and, uh, you know, but, you know, so the informational. Well, they don't matter if you have of, the same people running. They don't matter if you, if you have, you know, Marxists and Geldings because nothing's going to change. Well, I shouldn't say they don't matter. I say that they're, they're sort of automatic. I mean, the outcome of elections is sort of predetermined by, mm-hmm. by the cultural battles. Yeah. And, and, and by you know, choices. by cultural battles. You know, yeah. What the left wants to say. Well, yeah, is that, that's is right. Yeah, people don't. If people don't bring their representative to the carpet, then a representative is going to do what they think is right, and they wouldn't make an excuse and say it's based on their heartfelt convictions, which is stupid. Well, do they do what they think is right, or do they do what the party tells them? See, you know, we can, you can have the best people in the world in Congress, and we need the best people in the world in Congress, but they're not going to get anywhere if their parties aren't going to let the right bills come through. And that's what we do. We supply the bills that allow them to do the right thing for the, the right people to do the right thing. That's what our, our two things are doing. Even the party itself is a, it consists of a bunch of people that has a misconstrued, misconstrued ideology that's what the problem is because the, the party itself is represented by people if you talk mm-hmm. about the political level mm-hmm. the party itself is represented they represent people who don't control them the way they should yeah but the party is a business the republican party and the democrat party those are businesses with a vested financial interest in the outcomes of, of elections elections are a business They've taken the government and, and all the constitutionality out of it and reduced it to a business. And the business is big government. You know, they're growing government as a corporation, even though U.S. is not a corporation, all you crazy people out there that think so. But that's the way they act. Jonathan? Yeah, but is the party not yeah. consist of elected individuals? Yeah, but they, don't, they, can't do no. they, can't, they can't serve their constituents. Well, Jonathan, go ahead. Tell me what you think. You're there. You're, you're in the swamp. No, I, I, I would say it doesn't. It, I mean, the part, I mean, well, again, this is where, this is, I was going to say before, this is where we're, we're, language has been debilitated. When, when people, I mean, people will set, talk about the, the Republicans, the Republicans this and the Republicans and that, and you soon realize they're not talking about the Republicans, they're talking about the establishment. They don't know the difference. 
you know, and so our language has been stolen from us. We're trying to, we're trying to debate and fight these things, unable to talk about them because of the corruption of language like 1984, like George Orwell, Newspeak. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, you know, they talk about the Republic said, no, those are the rhinos you're talking about. Those are not the, those are well, not the Republicans. And Dan, um, identify the establishment, so, Dan, Jonathan, identify the establishment because when we, when we speak on things, we throw out words, uh, the system, we talk about the man, we talk about the car. Identify the establishment. What is the establishment? Well, I, Who does I, it consist of? I, 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 the, the establishment is the professional political class, which answers to, to, to donors, not to the voters. And, you know, and they, they exist for the, for the perpetuation of themselves, and they ignore the voters. So, you know, I would say that the the establishment does not, you know, does not consist of elected officials, certainly not the Republican voters. It consists of the people pulling the strings for their own benefit, which sounds pretty, um, you know, excessive, but it only, it only works because no, it doesn't. we're dumb. It explains huh? the hatred for Trump. You, you just explained the hatred for Trump perfectly. The yeah. establishment right. who wants their prestige, their, their, their position, who wants their perks, who wants their power, who wants their control, who wants the two parties who have worked out a really nice deal together, who wants all the bureaucrats to serve them. You know, you look at Trump. Trump's biggest problem was everybody below cabinet level. He appointed the cabinet people, but he forgot to get rid of everybody, everybody below them. I, think that, I don't think they're going to make that mistake again. You know, right. I hope not. No, um, but but that's but that is the establishment. And this is when you talk about that congressman that found an entire staff, you know, already there from the mm-hmm. establishment, said these are the people you have to work with. You look at everybody who betrayed Trump. You know, from uh, from the the attorney general, what was his name, Bill Barr, who said, you know, we're not going to investigate election fraud unless we think there's enough results to overturn the election. And I use the example that's just like saying we're not going to invest the you know investigate a bank robbery unless enough money was stolen to put the bank out of business. Oh come on, give me a break. It doesn't work that way, you know. And all the folks, all right, Mike Pompeo was that good. None of these folks were that good. Give, put, give us a name. Give us a couple. Give us oh, a couple of names on the establishment because we're still dealing with a word, but we're not dealing with individuals. If we're dealing hmm. with an individual, we can see what they stand for. I mean, we let know me, that uh, let, Bill Gates. Let me turn you over to Jonathan. Let me turn you over, Jonathan. Well, most of them are not. Most of them are invisible. But if you're, but the most visible one is Mitch McConnell. I mean, we have been, and like I say, we've been systematically kicking them out of the balloon gun dollar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, who is the guy in Virginia? But, 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 you know, Paul Ryan, John Tasek. Um, <clears throat> God, who was the guy in that? Um, shoot, I can't believe I can't say. The guy in, 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 in Virginia. The, the Bushies are establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, they... Uh, but, well, but it's both parties, too. The Bush, establishment. the Clintons, the uh, – are you talking about the Republican establishment? Because I, I think the establishment is the same, well, the globalists, the big yeah, families. But, yeah. But most, most, of the, most of the people pulling the strings, you don't know, mm-hmm. you don't know who they are. Well, and, who are the donors? Um, and no, we're talking corporate donors or individual donors? Everybody yeah, blames the Koch brothers. Crumb you know, capitalists. So who, okay. Who, who, uh, you know, who you we're, – we're talking about – you know, we're talking about the famous uh, – line from the godfather that you have judges and politicians in your pocket like so many coins mm-hmm. um you know they 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 buy and sell politicians 
for their own agenda that has absolutely nothing to do with the company, country, nothing to do with the Republican <laughs> Party's goals, and nothing yeah. people of the country. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the ways they do it is they get these, these stupid consultants whose only qualifications in campaigns is always losing campaigns, and they say that, oh, you know, you can't say that because, you know, that won't work in the campaign. Really? Just show us where you've won a campaign. You know, yeah, President Paul Manafort. Kane, President remember, remember Paul Manafort who was yeah. arrested? He was like one of the worst Republican consultants. He's on every presidential campaign. They automatically assign him, like the people automatically assigned to this congressman's office. You know, and he is one of the worst. And there's another one, too. Michael uh, Reagan used to talk about this. I haven't heard his show for years, but he mentioned that the Republican consultants that run the campaigns are idiots. And yet they make millions of yes, dollars. Losing. You know, they're, they're now, they'll, they'll talk the about this. Yeah. Two, two things. One is to talk yeah. about they, how they hate Trump. Yes, hate Trump because they believe that the American people are stupid. Right. And communism has always been based on the idea that the masses are stupid, which mm-hmm. maybe 150 years ago in rural Russia they were. But... The, the, the thing is, you can only pull a scam so many times before people say, say like Jimmy Stewart, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> um, you know, so, so the biggest problem these thousand has is they've been pulling the same scam so many times that nobody, nobody's fooled anymore. Um, and, you know, but – and so the, the opposition has been growing. Mm-hmm. Trump was very effective at, at moving an opposition that existed before Trump. <clears throat> but um, – so, so they, uh, so, so, I said, so the, the thing is, is the establishment wants, you know, you know, want, wants to control things like that. I forget what I was going to say, but the thing is, is that oh, they'll say what they'll do is that every time a conservative leader mm-hmm. has the risk of upsetting the apple cart, they will say the exact same things. Now, if you listen to it carefully, because I went through this with Christine O'Donnell, and. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, geez, not, I mean, like I said, just, just for background, in, the Repu- in Del- Delaware, you know, which had gone totally blue, um, the, Republican, the, la- the, the Republican running for Senate statewide before her lost by a margin of 41%. Not that she got 41%, the margin of loss was 41%. She lost by 16%. The Republican after her lost by 37% margin. So whom would you consider to be the best candidate? The one who lost by the smallest candidate. But the mm-hmm. thing is, <clears throat> you know, but, but she was in danger of setting the apple cart. So all they do is they take these arguments, they scratch out the name at the top of the list, and they read the same talking points. They make the exact same arguments against every challenger, um, just using a different well, name. You know, then that makes some sense because – when you look at Stacey Abrams' donors, her donors come outside of the state of Georgia, the big ones, and George Soros is one of them. Uh, you mentioned Bush. You're talking about Vanguard and Blackwater, the financial group. So if we know who the system is, or should I say the establishment moving these politicians and see what they stand for, you know what Blackwater, you know what uh, Vanguard stand for, you know what Soros stand for. You know what a Bill Gates stand for. Then thus lies the problem. Yes, absolutely. Um, and um, but so the thing is, is they talk about you know we need quality candidates, 
And if you look at the, you know, with, with maybe one exception from 2010 and whatever, the candidates that they say are bad candidates, the only thing bad about them is that they can't be controlled. You know, the, 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 a, a quality candidate to the establishment is a candidate that the, that the establishment can control. There's nothing bad about them. You know, and, and the thing is, is <clears throat> I argue with people, too, at the time, because they argue that they want to say that if you have a good candidate, they will win automatically. And if you, um, you know, like a, like a ballistic, like a, a cannonball out of a, of a, out of a cannon. <clears throat> no, there are, there are good and bad campaigns, and the establishment stabs the, 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 the um, yeah, game-changing, whatever you call it, uh, candidate in the back. <laughs> but um, um, but the thing is, is that they, um, you know, every single hour of a campaign determines the outcome. Not the idea that there are bad candidates. Well, then, too, let's think about this. Because... Those that would benefit from the Congress and their unfettered, unfettered borrowing would fall into the financial people because now we're talking about the bonds and the interest on the bonds that we're paying for. The same yeah. thing with electric cars. Who's the benefit from electric cars? Who's the benefit from getting rid of gasoline-powered vehicles? So these well, are the people that consist the, of the establishment. These are the entities that consist of the establishment. And if well, people, there, there are and, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter rights and uh, equity between the races, that's nothing more than a distraction that leads people into going to the polls, which really it doesn't matter in the long run because the establishment is controlling both sides. Right. You're right. It's a, it's a distraction. It's not, it's not real. I mean, it's real in the sense that, <clears throat> you know, if you... If so you there really is no Republican Party, is what you're saying. There's no Republican Party. They are the establishment. The Democrat no. Republican Party is the establishment. And those few independents who are trying to be, you know, what the Republicans used to be, limited government, you know, uh, low taxes, all that kind of stuff that they preach... They, they say it, but they can't do it because the party won't let them because the, the party is the establishment. The upper leadership of the party won't let the lower members do what they want. And, no, and I, that's what they're preaching. I, the I, would, I, would say, I would say that's true of the Democrat Party, and that's what they're trying to do to the Republican Party. But I would say the Republican Party is in a civil war. Okay. It has been since 1964. There are Go two war. Republican parties, maybe three or four Republican parties. Okay. The ones the, the Republican Party based near the grassroots is is everything you think the Republican Party should be, except maybe they, everybody needs to be trained a lot better and not say stupid things sometimes. Right. But <clears throat> but the Republican Party based out of Washington and the political class is the Democrat Party. I mean, they are invaders. They're you know they're they are the the leadership quote unquote of the Republican Party is an invading army. Um, of of enemies to the constitution and enemies to the people, foreign and domestic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they 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 we 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 are in the Republican Party is in the middle of an invasion, and and just like Ukraine wants to kick Russia out, 
Republicans have to kick the establishment out and and make sure they never come back. But the establishment <clears> controls the party. How are they going to do that? I mean, that's what Trump tried to do. You know, that's what Barry Goldwater tried to do. In fact, there's probably we could trace maybe other. Well, who else do you think has tried to do that in the Republican Party? Uh, to actually kick out the establishment and and take it in the direction it's supposed to New, go. New I was Gingrich hoping Ted kind of did that. that. Okay, New the Gingrich, Tea Party right. tried to do that. Right. You know, uh, the, the Tea Party uh, candidates, Joe Miller, one of the 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 Senate candidate in Alaska was is probably the most qualified person to ever run for U.S. Senate in American uh-huh. history, and <clears throat> you know he had to be destroyed because was he, he the one that died in the airplane the, uh, accident? Or that no, was Ted Stevens? No. He's he's okay. uh, he he should still be running, but he he gave up. He was running. He was uh, he beat Murkowski in mm-hmm. Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, right. and the establishment ran a, a write-in campaign to keep their power in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, now that we know what we've seen, there's no way in hell a write-in campaign could win unless they cheated. it. Um, but um, the write-in campaigns never win. It's but, more of a protest vote. Yeah. Yeah, but he but Lisa Mikowski won the U.S. Senate on a write-in campaign because uh, Joe Miller was the Republican nominee. And remember, all these people are sworn as part of party membership to support the nominee. They should all be kicked out of the party. All these people who who attack the conservative the, the cons- conservative who wins the Republican nominee, they should be under the terms of the the existing rules of the party in each state. They should be banned from from participating in the Republican Party. Well, they haven't even kicked out Liz Cheney yet. Um, <clears throat> or, or or Kinzinger. Well, I guess he's leaving, but you know they don't kick out members. Here's I want to shift it over a little bit too, because no. there's something there's something really uh, that's been uh, sort of bugging me. When you talk about the establishment, talk about the the, the Uniparty, as people call them, the the Republican geldings have not challenged officially the 2020 election. They don't talk about it. They refer to uh, Biden as President Biden, which I think is a crime because he's, he's still under an ongoing investigation. We've talked about that before. That this person, you know, we've, we've still got the, the Brandon uh, uh, electors are up for challenge with the Trump electors. We, we never fulfilled January 6th. The whole point of January 6th was to challenge those. And that's why they broke into the Capitol. This is why Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the FBI and all the agents, you know, Ray Epps and all those folks, they broke in just as the Arizona you know, Senate, uh, the state of Arizona came up for their for their challenge. That's why they had to stop things right there. Trump was speaking. You guys, Jonathan, you and, and Josie were still walking towards the Capitol, but they had to stop it then. You know, we're still, we still haven't dealt with that. And the Republicans have, it's the only party I've ever seen that purposely not only gave, they gave away the, the, the vote several times in 2018 and 2020, but I mean, they've, they've, they've actually refused to investigate their own election, the, the fraud against them. Right. What could be more establishment than that? That is the single biggest problem. Well, In fact, Kevin because... McCarthy never mentions it. He never talks about election fraud. You know, where's the daily talking points? Here's today's evidence of election because fraud. Because they're part of the fraud. Because they're exactly. part of the fraud. Exactly. And that's they what want so my it. point is they... to Bianchi, that's what makes them the establishment. The fact that they are so establishment, that, and they were so against Trump because he was so independent and so different, it would have upset all their prestige and privilege and power that, they had, that even the Republican Party had to destroy President Trump because they are the establishment. That is the biggest evidence to me. Yeah, of but what they've the got to be pushed is. by somebody else. Somebody's got to be pushing them. They, Why? It has to. What, what, well, what they are they going to be well, I, no, uh, I, well, jealous of President Trump for? <clears throat> No, but I agree. It's the people making money. It's like it's like the, the war in Ukraine. Now, 
Oh, the Democrat I mean, money laundering bank? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, mean, I call it. I mean, it is. That's true. How, who profits from $50 billion? Who <laughs> spent $50 billion? And I don't know how that's not an act of war. You know, I don't know. You know, I, I have, I'm working right now for some people that just moved from L.A. to Montana, and they want me to go out to Montana, which to me seems crazy, except I'd kind of not like to be in the, you know, the fallout from the, from the mushroom clouds when, when, when Joe, you know, bumbling Biden gets us into a war. I mean, I don't know how $50 billion, you know, pumping things into Ukraine isn't an act of war against Russia, but who's benefiting? Why is it that every, every, every week they'll like send a huge chunk of money to Ukraine and nobody bats an eye? I mean, we what, do. what the hell? We do. Do you remember when, when well, Dr. Well, Dr. <laughs> Pianchi remembers, hold on, Pianchi, just a second. Remember when Dr. Peter Pry was alive? And he used to report on our show every Monday. And then he went to Tuesday for a while. But he reported Monday. And we had our national security report. And this guy was a genius. And I didn't always agree with him, but we had some fascinating discussions. One of the things he talked about before the Ukraine war started was that there were six points that Putin made uh, the, his, as his negotiating points or his demands. He says, we, if we can answer these six things, there's no reason for a war. And I've got them right here. I was going to go over this. Uh, I was going over this hour anyway. So let me just get started into it now. And the Putin demands. Now, tell me if this doesn't sound reasonable. One. No NATO membership and a neutral position. So this is for Ukraine. No NATO membership for Ukraine. Two, Russian should be the, the second official language of Ukraine with laws prohibiting it being ab- abolished. Okay, that's kind of like Canada and French, right? So the, the southern se- southeast section of, of Ukraine is ethnic Russian. They speak Russian. You know, that's that section that I guess was just annexed between Russia and Crimea. So this was all ethnic Russian anyway. In fact, the, the Ukrainians hate those folks. You know, you've got the Nazis in eastern Ukraine, you've got Russians in western Ukraine, you've got the Dnieper River in the middle, and you've got a, a corrupt, you know, uh, almost dictatorship in, in uh, what's his name, the, the, the president right now. Anyway, so that was the second one. Russian should be the second language, right? Three, recognize Crimea as Russian territory. That's negotiable. Okay, I can see, you know, going on that. Four, recognize the independence of Donsk and Lugansk. Those are the two territories between Russia and Ukraine. The fifth, the fifth one, demilitarization of Ukraine and abandonment of weapons that could be a threat to the Kremlin. Well, they already denuked anyway, saying that they'd be protected by the West, but that makes sense. Why? In the same way that Cuba was denuked of, of nuclear missiles during the Cuban Missile Crisis, Russia wants exactly the same thing for Ukraine, which happens to be on its border even closer than Cuba was to us. And the sixth, banning of ultra-nationalist, read Nazi, parties, and organizations in Ukraine. That would be the Azov uh, brigades. The former Nazi collaborators became the Azov brigade. There actually are Nazis in Ukraine. Okay? They're in the eastern part, and they're loyal to German Nazis, whatever's left of them now. I'm sure they still exist. But this is what they're talking about. They didn't want Nazis, uh, obviously, given the history. So those six things, that was it. If we'd either negotiated or talked about these six things, there wouldn't have been a war. Crimea. Okay, well, that's negotiable. Okay, so that's something they have to sell. Well, you got to be able to get to their fleets, don't they? Well, wait a minute. Are you are you going? To, do, you, do you think the United States should go to war over Crimea? Crimea. I'm talking too fast. No, I don't do think, think the United should... States should go to war or anything. But I think that Russia should have a right to be able to get to its fleets. But was it Russian territory or was it Ukrainian territory? I mean, how was Ukraine created? Ukraine used to be part of Russia. They'd be like if California broke away and we said, okay, we're going to Ukraine, still have access to seaports. If the Ukraine controlled Crimea. If right. Russia wanted to get to its fleets with its sailors, they had to go through inspections and all that kind of crap. And so, no, that's where their Black well, that, Sea fleet exists. Their ships 
submarines, yeah. they should have a right to be able to get to them. Well, I have to take a look at the Black Sea map. Does Russia touch the Black Sea at any point down south? Let me pull up a Black Sea map. Hang on. This is, this is a, but the point of this was that those six points were not a big deal. We could have negotiated them. Basically, it was take out the nukes from Ukraine. Ukraine does not join NATO. In fact, no nation around that area joins NATO, and we're good. We could have avoided this whole entire thing simply with that. And yet, Washington, D.C., and the permanent war class, you know, the John Boltons and all these folks refuse to not only negotiate, but they want a permanent war. This is, I think they're upset that Afghanistan, we surrendered there. Of course, I think it was Obama that gave away all, the, all our weapons to the Taliban. It was, that was his gift to them. And we can talk about Obama running the White House. That's another topic I wanted to get to this hour. But, you know, but I really well, believe that, uh, that this could have been avoided with a little bit of it be funny uh, if negotiation. You had the USS in a- wouldn't it be funny if you had the USS Ronald Reagan and USS Enterprise ported at Crimea alongside a Russian aircraft carrier? That, that ain't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> think. We Wait a minute. The Black, sea, the Black Sea is encircled. Hang on. Look at, I'm looking at a map right now. Let me blow this up a little bit here. There's something wrong here. There's something wrong with our thinking. Let me see if we can puzzle this out here. Hang on. Uh, let's move that over so I can see my phone calls. Okay, we're good. So the Black Sea. So Ukraine is actually landlocked. It's got Russia. You've got Georgia below Russia. You've got Turkey. So the way through uh, the way of the Black Sea is what? That's the Strait of Bosphorus at Istanbul? That's the way out. Then you get to Greece and the Mediterranean. You I'm actually go to the Adriatic. But, but, but Russia yeah, doesn't, uh, so but Russia still has to go through Turkey to get out of the Black Sea. Black Sea is landlocked. Except for that little strait at uh, at Turkey between at Istanbul, formerly Constantinople, that's the only way out. And then you got this other thing. Hang on, There's some other little body of water there too. This is fascinating. This is why I love world maps. I got my globe. Hang on. Well, I keep forgetting. I actually have a globe behind me. <laughs> you know, I, I got to start using this more often. Russia had the same issue with Georgia too uh, years ago, yeah. decades well, ago. Remember? Look at the map here. So the Black Sea. Hang on. I'm looking. There's the Caspian. There's the Black Sea. So, yeah, the Black Sea, you have to go if you're going to get out from Russia. But Russia has ports at uh, right above Latvia. They've got in the, uh, what's that, the Baltic Sea. So Russia has ports at the Baltic. They've got, of course, the northern parts um, pretty much done. But if they get from the, 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 uh, the Caspian Sea is landlocked, so they can't get out that way. They've got the eastern, uh, they've got the western side, you know, all there from, uh, all by Japan, Kamchatka, you know, Siberian stuff. I don't think they have as much stuff out there. So if they're going to get, if they're going to get out, the only ways out are at, uh, what's that place? I can't read it. It's a little small. Just above Latvia, between Latvia and Finland is the only way out uh, for Russia in the North Atlantic. Take a look here. Well, we know what's going on with Finland. Finland fought Russia. And, and you made mention of the Caspian Sea. Look at the gas, yeah. look at the mm-hmm. gas deposits that lies in the Caspian mm-hmm. Sea. Well, that's where the Nord Stream pipelines run. That's another story. So, so, but I'm looking at the Black Sea. All right, so St. Petersburg is their northern port. So St. Petersburg, Petersburg leads to the Baltic. The Baltic's go between Sweden and Denmark, and then it gets out to the North Sea, and then it gets into the Atlantic. So that's one way out. The next way out down south is, is Russia has space on the Black Sea. They've got a bunch of space on the Black Sea. The Caucasus Mountains, you've got Rostov, which is where the big uh, uh, petroleum deposit was that the Nazis captured. Uh, back in World War II, that's the first place they went when they invaded Germany in Operation Barbarossa. You got the Caucasus Mountains. So the, Russia has a lot of places on the Black Sea, but they don't have a big port. 
You've got uh, there's Crimea, and so look at the map. Just take a look at the map, anybody. This is fascinating. So they've got access to the Black Sea, but again, you still have to go through Turkey to get out of the Black Sea. So why go well, to Russia Michigan? and Turkey? Pretty good friends. Well, you got Turkey's a Muslim country. Russia is a communist country. You know, I mean, what do they have in common? Permanent interests and not permanent friends. Turkey's part of NATO, though. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Let me, let me but the thing is, is that, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that Putin has it all worked out. I respect it myself in order to prevent. The problem is, is that this money you're giving to the Ukraine is mm-hmm. coming back around like a boomerang that's falling into some of these politicians' coffers. It has to Of be. course it is. Foreign aid goes right back to the Democrat and Republican parties. I, I would love to have an investigative report tell us where the money's going, because we know it's not going to the Ukrainian armed forces. Or they, 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 I mean, we've given them more money than the entire Russian uh, defense budget. Explain that one. Yeah, and, and you're not going to get that out of the established, established, established media. How about that? Exactly. All right. I'm doing a quick message here to my next. I've actually invited our person for the next hour on. There we go. <laughs> All right. So there we go. All right. Let me get to this article here. Actually, what I want to do, uh, let me take a break real quick and play a couple things for you. I have a new sponsor. Stand Your Ground is a new gun range here in, uh, in Milton, and so they're opening up with all kinds of new things. So let's take a break right now for a couple minutes, uh, and then I will um, – uh, actually, we've lost a sponsor, so I won't be playing Santa Rosa Volunteers founding moments for a while. Um, so they come, they go. <laughs> Radio stuff happens. But let me play you uh, – let me start off with our, our new sponsor, and I want to come back to this article uh, on the six points. Or the other thing I want to talk about before we get to uh, Juliet Ramos here at the top of the hour, uh, unless she wants to join us early, uh, is who's running the White House. And I think Obama is really behind this more than I thought. I thought it was an Obama-Hillary thing, but I think he's really uh, behind it. There was a comment, uh, Chanel Rion of One American News made this morning, real offhanded comment. She says Obama's been known to sneak into the White House when, when uh, Biden's not there. That was interesting. I can't find anything on that comment. I think she just dropped it. I heard it, actually, from their weekend update. Uh, thing, but uh, a weekly brief, weekend briefing. They can't say weekend update. That was Saturday Night Live. Anyway, think for a couple of minutes. If you want to go to Obama running, running the country at this point, uh, or Putin's six points of negotiation that could have avoided Ukraine war. Lots to talk about. And here's my new, my new sponsor, uh, Stand Your Ground. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand Your Ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elba Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. 
My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grave Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Dangerously cool. All right, let's bring our folks back. We've got uh, Pianchi and uh, Jonathan and having a, just a fabulous discussion this morning, covering pretty much everything I wanted to cover. And tomorrow I'll just have all kinds of new things to cover. Plus, we've got this FBI whistleblower. Um, now that I think of it, let's get out to Pianchi sent a video out and it's talking about this uh, um, person in Columbus, Ohio, that the police either weren't sure or he pretended or he claimed to be uh, an ATF agent who was there to seize a shotgun that was illegal for some reason. Probably it was like two millimeters short in the barrel or something. Who knows what? I don't like the ATF anyway. Um, but uh, the point was that the local police said, you know, get on the ground, show us, you know, who, who you know, comply. And uh, he didn't show them their ID right away. He said, I'm a federal agent. I can do what I want. So he was bad. Uh, the police went kind of crazy. They had the guns drawn up before they knew anything. I, I don't know if he was posing a threat. He was armed. So maybe that maybe that's standard procedure. Point being, though. And Pianchi and I talk about this a lot, that federal agents should have no jurisdiction in the state unless they register with the state, you know, that the state knows they're there, that local law enforcement knows where they are and what they're doing, that these folks, they think they can go anywhere and do anything. And I was a federal agent when I was with Customs, and I literally could go anywhere and do anything. I had 24-7 carryability anywhere in the country, regardless of, of anything, and uh, ended up leaving. And I kind of liked that, that cause, but it was unfortunate that that was a government privilege that every citizen which does have it under the Second Amendment, doesn't have it because only the government can really exercise the Second Amendment. Uh, that's the way it looks. But where, where, Jonathan, where does this, uh, how much local, how much jurisdiction does local law enforcement have over feds and how much have the feds overstepped their, their actual authority, you know, in local uh, and state uh, and county areas? How does that all work out? Well, I think they've definitely overstepped. Remember, our federal system is a little strange in the sense mm-hmm. that 
you know, and, and we learn oversimplifications in government schools. <laughs> and um, the, uh, um, uh, the uh, you know, because there are certain things that are the supreme law of the land mm-hmm. where the federal, uh, and of course we have these things where the Constitution talks about um, Congress shall make no law, but we've expanded it to mean any, no government uh, entity can, uh, you know, infringe on the First Amendment of liberals, but uh, conservatives, of course, are fair game. Um, but the um, but but the thing is, it says place. that, that yeah. it's certain, it says certain things are the supreme law of the land, mm-hmm. and the courts have then, you know, gone beyond just statutes <clears throat> or Supreme Court decisions or things like that. They have, you know, they've expanded it way beyond what what the Constitution actually says. What's the supreme mm-hmm. law of the land? But well, but what but in reality, what we've got is a situation where, within certain zones, the federal government is supreme. To have mm-hmm. a, and and that and, and the, the reasoning being that there are certain things that you have to have one national policy on it. You 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 have to have one national defense. You can't. Well, actually, that's not even true. But to, but generally speaking, you know so. Within those narrow areas, what's supposed to be narrow, the mm-hmm. federal law preempts, although preemption is complicated, too, because a state can regulate in the same area as the national government, but it can't undermine the national policy. You know, so, so you could have, you could have a... a um, you could have a national policy saying saying you have to have a working uh, what's the exhaust system, the catalytic converter, and a mm-hmm. state can have one saying, well, we're you know we want to go one better, we want them to be better than the federal federal standard. That's okay, but you can't you can't cancel the federal standard. So preemption is not as simplistic as it sounds. So, but outside the areas where the federal government is supposed to is supposed to regulate it's a nullity it's null and void so if if a federal officer is you know is doing something in a state that is outside of his authority then he's just a civilian as far as any rational traditional view of the constitution is concerned um you know that's not the way the courts would view it view it well, of you know, but if, but if, if, if <laughs> that's that, but if, know, if, if a federal officer, well, yeah, yeah. Pianka, let's get your point. The local, uh, yeah. the local authority has what's called territorial jurisdiction, and a local authority has the right to give a federal agent a legal command, and he has he or she has to follow. Is the case. Mm-hmm. Not a case, but the incidents where you had this ATF uh, agent was trying to serve a warrant to a home, and the wife looked out the window and called the police. The police came, and uh, they asked who asked the guy from a distance who he was. Then sooner or later, because mm-hmm. of the way he was mounting up, they told him to get on the ground and show his hands, and they handcuffed him. That's because they have the jurisdiction over the territory that they in. And they can give a federal agent a lawful command, and he has to follow it. If not, they lock him up. 
Yeah, Greg shared that from you. I looked at it. Yeah. I mean, I agree conceptually. You won't necessarily get everybody. Not everybody will, will agree in terms of, um, you know, their differences of opinion. But I, but I think that that's, that's perfectly a logical point of view. I mean, cause, and there are some people that go, go further is that, is that they call it a constitutional sheriff, which I think means. Okay, sure. There are counties where the sheriff is, the sheriff is elected by the people mm-hmm. um, as opposed to some other thing, but it, but a, a truly, you know, elected sheriff answerable to the people they view as the only legitimate authority. And there's something to be said for that, which is why, of course, liberal, you will see that people should be on the lookout for liberal um, cities always want to set up their own city police force because that is not answerable to the people. It is answerable to the, you know, to the politicians, to the elected, you know, Democrats and things. So they're always trying to set up a police, a city police force or a county police force when they've That's already got a sheriff. I uh, never thought about that, but uh, that, that that makes a whole lot of sense. Like Pensacola in Escambia County next door to us has uh, um, has a city police force, and and I'm sure they're much more liberal because the mayor of Pensacola is more liberal. Here in Milton, where I am in Santa Rosa County, the county next door, we have city of Milton, and the city of Milton does have a police force, but most of the stuff is done by the county sheriffs. Unless it's actual city of Milton, you know, Santa Rosa County is big. And so the county sheriffs take over much much more of the area. I'll get to, I'll get Sheriff Johnson. He's been on before. I want to introduce a, a guest, a first time uh, person, Juliet Ramos. I'm going to make her line live right now. Who's going to be in the next hour? But as I am, um, you know, having a great uh, great time doing, I bring people on who are not experts in what we're talking about, who may nece- not necessarily have ever studied it, but still have an opinion because they're really bright people, and that's how they get on the show in the first place. And so I want to welcome our, our new guest, Juliet Ramos, to the show. Like I say, who will be on uh, next time. Let's give a round of applause. <laughs> and see, hey, do you hey, want to join hey. our discussion here? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? You want to join hey, our discussion? Hey, hey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're having a great time. She's a podcaster, so this <laughs> is her first rodeo. So, so Juliet knows how to do this kind of stuff. But again, it may not be, like I say, your, some, uh, you know, a topic, but uh, feel free to weigh in anyway, because I'm, I'm curious what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Julie Guy. I own and operate a top 10 global mental health podcast titled Broken Girl Unchained. And just like you, Greg, I bring in um, professionals, celebrities, um, everyday people that could um, give some insight uh, on their professional opinion, or they could um, either tell their story from pain to triumph, because it's really important to me that um, that we let people know that we can always change a negative into a positive, you know, and let's just face it, our, you know, lives, our lives are just sometimes just like um, some of the moms that, uh, that I'm really good friends with. Um, we're all domestic violence survivors and uh, we've all lost our children in the, um, to the family court corruption. So, um, but I, I, I started my podcast back in 2018. We hit the top 10, 100 on iHeartRadio and on, um, no, just on iHeartRadio. Have you introduced me to iHeart? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm going to yeah. jump in just for a sec because I want to cover this next hour, but we've got uh, Jonathan here for uh, who's our, our, our legal uh, reporter. And we've got Pianchi here too. Now I want to get more into this. this okay. right. We've got a whole hour, um, but I, I'm more curious. Um, speaking of empowerment and speaking of, well, let's, let's talk about, let's relate this to what you talk about. Cause I know the people you're talking about, they're friends of mine who have had uh, kids taken by family court by this whole incredibly corrupt racketeering uh, obsessive system with, with making money by making people's lives absolutely horrifying. Now, here's a question, though, relating to what we're talking about now with the fact that, uh, you know, this, this, this uh, police force in Columbus, Ohio, had a Fed, you know, doing what they shouldn't be doing, uh, and we're not responding to local law enforcement. How do you see that? Can we relate, relate that to family courts, which have gone beyond, way beyond their jurisdiction to stealing kids? Uh, protective, child Protective Services doing the same thing. Can people resist the same way that this woman resisted and called the police on a, on a federal official? You know, do you see, do you see parallels? in terms of, of, of enforcement uh, of laws and what can people do to empower themselves in terms of when the feds come in and we know the feds have no jurisdiction. Now what do you do? It's a big question, I know. but uh, Right. Wait, hold on. I have a question. My sure. question is, being that you're a legal uh, reporter, is that correct? That's Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, perfect. You can ask him directly. Um, okay. He's here. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Um, I'm Greg. That's yeah, Jonathan. When, the course of, when these people mm-hmm. do not have jurisdiction, when they lost subject matter jurisdiction, and um, there's no UCCJEA filed into the case, which that is a very powerful form, you know? And if there is none, what do we do? I mean, how can we fight back? I mean, my, my judge is locking me out of hearings and while I'm waiting for the judge to call our matter, he dismisses the matter and signs off on my ex-husband's um, reissuance of a domestic violence restraining order because that's the only way he can keep jurisdiction. If he's locking us outside of the, the, uh, the, the court, how, how can we – that's a violation of our constitutional rights. You know, if, if these people are violating our constitutional rights, being the fact that our Constitution was designed to protect us from the government, and they take an oath to protect the Constitution, and here they are clearly, and I have everything documented, time-stamped, everything, that's a, that's a dereliction of their duties. And not only that, but they're violating the Constitution. Who can we get? to step in and hold these judges accountable because at that point they're operating out of their judicial canons and they are um, only, they're, they're operating out of their private capacity. That's a great question. Jonathan, I don't know if you, if you have family law experience, but I mean, as far as uh, constitutional rights go, this is, this is interesting. Like most things, it, it should be easy. People involved understood any of this. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right. The, uh, the, the, the particularly divorce courts and, 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 and child support things are, are the Wild West. There, you know, there are no rules. <clears throat> and like in Virginia, you look at the standards. Um, that, well, there are no standards. It's basically, you know, the, the, the legislature has not even written any standards that the judge has to follow. But what you're describing, you know, could clearly be an abusive due process. Anybody would know that. But the problem is nobody who has the ability to do anything about it cares. Um, you ha- and so 
unfortunately, I have to re-educate <clears throat> the whole society and everything else because because the fact that um, uh, you know, for example, the the legislators, especially in the state, have complete authority to change that. They they, they could they, they could abolish all the laws tomorrow and start from scratch and rewrite them all over again. But they don't believe they do. Um, they don't. You know, they would never consider it. And they they think, well, that's the you know that's up to the judges. Then you complain. And they think you're just a sore loser. You know, I think, well, you just, you know, you just lost, so you're complaining. Well, the thing is, right. how is anyone going to... We're just a disgruntled mother seeking revenge when, in, indeed, we are disgruntled. These people kidnapped our children who wouldn't be disgruntled right. and given to our abusers. Exactly. Not everybody who's disgruntled is wrong. And um, and the fact is, is if you want to know what's going on, you know, it's like, you know, I challenge the people, are you going to, you know, legislatures, are you going to get up, go down there and sit in the back of a courtroom and watch? You're going to vote on whether or not to re, to or renew this judge for another eight years, like in Virginia, uh, whatever it is locally. <clears throat> How do you know what you're voting on? How the heck can you vote on something when you have absolutely no idea what you're voting on? Um, and you have the problem that I studied in some education classes when I worked there is that, say, a classroom in a courtroom consists of highly um, decentralized activity. There's all these different rooms with one judge in it. How does anybody know what's happening inside all of those rooms? And yet these legislatures are voting on stuff. So if, if you're not going to hear from disgruntled you know, litigants, how, who are you going to find out from? If there's something wrong, how are you going to know? You're going to, well, is the winner going to tell you? The bailiffs are there to protect the citizen and the constitution and to make, I mean, the bailiffs are actually there to protect the citizen, not the judge. Am I well, correct or am I wrong? They don't believe that. Yeah. They think they think they're just there to pass papers up and down and, and make sure nobody shoots the judge. Um, you know, they, they they would have no concept. And this is where, again, you know, ign- what, um, you know, the the motto of the Washington Post at, at their masthead is democracy dies at the Washington Post. Oh, I'm sorry. It means uh, democracy dies in darkness, which means democracy dies at the Washington Post. But, but, but it's true that in ignorance, um, I mean, the, the Bible says it. My people, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And, you know, the bailiff is the representative of the sheriff, who, like you say, is responsible to make sure that the law is followed. Um, although the court has a role in that, you know, they, they can't ignore the court's authority, but they have authority too. The bailiff just thinks his job is to, you know, count the hours to his next donut break. Um, you know, there's no awareness of any of that. So, I mean, the thing is, when the judge says, you know, bailiff, they have to, they have to go outside, a constitutional sheriff, you know, employing the bailiff should say, no. You know, if you, if you, yes, you're a judge. I respect the fact that you're a co-equal branch of government, but if you're, 
and, and you can do what you want, but I'm not participating. If you're going to deprive some of their, some of their due process rights, you do it. You know, you get up and carry the guy outside. I'm not doing it. Um, but we have no awareness of any of that. And unfortunately we have to, you know, rebuild our whole society. But, but the point is, is that the state legislatures could change all of this tomorrow. They could get up tomorrow morning and, you know, I'm sure there are people, you know, I'm sure that there are, there's legislation that Action Radio could write. They could pass oh, it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And we want to do a lot with family law. We, so we, that's well, that's a I, huge uh, project. Yeah. Pianchi, do you have a question? Is she, are you facing physical problems, physical attacks from your former husband? Julia? Are you yeah, that, Julia, that's for you. Yeah. You can reveal oh, as much uh, or as little as you yeah, want. It's, uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's your because choice. I've been, yeah, go ahead. I've been so vocal about the injustice that my children and I have received. My children have been running away, reporting more abuse, more sexual abuse. And I have on my home surveillance, the, the Modesto Police Department, um, straight threatening them, stating, if you, if you keep making these reports, we will make it so your mom never gets you guys. That's what was told to my what girls. Are your and husband? now they're terrified. Getting a little your background being abusive. So if we, your husband being abusive to you? Yeah, is yes, your husband being abusive? Is my husband being, he's, he's weaponizing law enforcement to abuse me. He was my abuser. There has been... Uh, two restraining or TROs, temporary restraining orders, and um, the judge gave him custody while there was a protection order in place. And then he, while I was waiting for my trial, he uh, vacated my trial and gave him full custody. And my ex-husband has been calling in law enforcement stating that I'm suicidal and I've been taken out of my home, kicking and screaming. On another occasion, I was in Tahoe vacationing, and I have officers hiding in my bushes. I've had the officers at my home 33 times, um, and they keep signing off on a temporary restraining order, keeping me again, away from my, my children. And they're stating that... Um, that they're trying to serve me with domestic violence restraining orders. However, there is no subject matter in the case, but they're creating all of this chaos to, uh, to make it an emergency so they put a restraining order because that's the only way that they can rule in my matter because there is no UCCJEA filed in my case. What is and that? What's a UCCJEA? Let's, 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 I don't know what that the, is. The, it's a mandatory form that gives the court's jurisdiction in paternity cases and in child custody matters. That's a very powerful form. And um, there's not one filed in my case because it admits that there was domestic violence um, in past cases that yeah. him and I let me just jump in here for a second okay. because I want to explain to all the folks who are listening that this is a recurring theme, and I've heard this. I, I know, I know Juliet's friends. Uh, I know this situation. I've, I've been reporting on this for 
three or four years now that what the courts are doing, and Jonathan, I'm curious what, uh, what you know of this, what the courts do is in order to prolong the case and make as much money as possible uh, and keep their guardian ad litems and their social workers and their psychologists and all the both attorneys and the judges employed in family court, it is a racket. It is every bit as much of a, a racket as the mafia. This is a, this is a judicial mafia organized crime syndicate. And what they do is they purposely award the kids to the worst possible parent, the abusing parent, the sexually assaulting parent, the one who the narcissistic parent, you know, the parent that is the the absolute worst, which is going to create the most conflict, because what that does with the good parent is it makes them traumatized. And in that trauma, they react badly. And then they're then they're called crazy. And this perpetuates the the case as long as possible. How many, Julie, is that about it? Have I got a good handle on this? Oh, my God, you nailed it. Yes, I'm jumping up okay. and down. Yes. Okay, Absolutely. jump up and down. Tell me. Because, <laughs> because what they do is they create this chaos. So, of course, any mother would be reactionary. So mm-hmm. then they're, oh, my God, mom's crazy. Mom has mental issues. Mom this, mom's psychotic. It, it, and they create all of this chaos in, in these families. So they deem the mom crazy. This is my theory. They seem the moms crazy. The, the children are already. Well, it could be either parent. I, I've seen good fathers lose kids, and, and they, oh, they give absolutely. psychotic mothers. You know, so is, this isn't this isn't this isn't sex based. This is this is personality based. And a lot of times, it seems that the abusers and the judges and the attorneys are all narcissists. I'm talking pathological. I'm not talking about people with a big ego. I'm talking about people that are dangerous that will willfully destroy somebody else for their own personal ego, their own personal gratification. Right. This is That's this is I mean, real narcissist, real gaslighting. This intent is a crime. Yep. Right. So okay. what we're experiencing here in Santa Claus County is there's there's possibly a, cor- a corruption of attorneys, but I've only experienced one corrupted attorney that is a family law attorney that I hired that my ex-husband previously hired before I knew about it. Mm-hmm. That was my question. trapped me. I'm sorry. No, I was wondering if, if uh, when you, you know, said, did your husband, ex-husband hire him beforehand? That that makes perfect sense. He, yeah, that's that's part of the yeah, that's part of the game. Him, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, and then had me entrapped by this officer, Harmon, and then all of a sudden I have a a list of criminal charges. Okay, and this has also happened to another mom, Carolyn Shop. Carolyn mm-hmm. Shop is being maliciously prosecuted. Um. And her child was permanently guardianshiped out because of a unlawful and fraudulent traffic stop. She was held down, and they they took her blood in the parking lot of the hospital that she worked at. She's an eight of eight or eight. Uh, she's a nurse of eight years, has no criminal background, and um, they gave her child to a convicted felon with child child abuse charges. And then, um, See, that's impossible under a, under any kind of a decent system. What you're saying, I want to I want to get Jonathan because we only have him for three more minutes, and I want to talk about oh, your yeah, story yeah. here. So 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 the the cases are the same. But here's the thing for Jonathan: um, the police are in on this, the psychologists, yes. the guardians are in on this, the judges are in mm-hmm. on this, the lawyers are in on this. They all go to the mm-hmm. same country club. They're all buds. You know, the prosecutors right. become judges. Family court is disgusting. It's a mafia racket. It's a, it's a self-money generating, and they get tons of money, I think, from Social Security or some administration funds all this. So they have a vested interest right. in perpetuating these things as long as possible. So, Jonathan, 
right. you know, tell me what this, what you, for what you know of family court, A, how bad really is, you know, are we on the right track with how bad the problem is? And, uh, of course, I'm, I'm well, thinking this is a great matchup of Julia and Jonathan. Maybe, we can, maybe I can get you two working on a family law you know, Bill, but absolutely. Uh, here we go. So this sometimes, this is spontaneous. Caroline. This is how we do things here. No, Julia. <laughs> Caroline George oh. literally wrote the book on, on, oh. on law. And then her husband, you know, ripped off her book in, in, in their divorce. Oh. Um, the, um, Scumbag. so you might want to, um, <clears throat> she was, well, um, you should have her on tonight because there was something called, um, X, Ex-wives of judges clubs. It's like it's like when you want to see real corruption and in, in uh, divorces. Yes. Look at when uh-huh. judges mm-hmm. divorce their wives. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, are you? You can hear me, on. right? <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Let's get her on. Right, yeah. This so, is great. So anyway, so yeah, it, it's it whatever you whatever the average person thinks it is, it's a hundred times worse. I don't know who goes to what clubs. They don't invite me to their clubs, and I don't I don't I don't know why there is, but there but is. It is completely standardless and 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 crazy. Uh, I mean, it's like it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. Not only are there no rules and no standards, but it doesn't make any sense what what goes on. Um, you know, for example, in a normal case, if I get up as an attorney and I state things to be true, the judge will either quietly ignore them or sometimes pointedly say, "Are you testifying?" You know, or the other side will say objection. Counsel is testifying, and 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 you say, well, you have to get up here and in the witness stand, get sworn in. But in in divorce court, lawyers just say things that have no basis in fact, but it's fact. Oh yeah. They're they're, they're accepted mm-hmm. as evidence with no no you know in complete defiance of every rule that would apply to any normal case. And you know I don't have time to go through the I mean literally. Caroline wrote, you know, she originally called it sneaky judge tricks, which I liked better, but she's got this like 400 page tome on, on, on the things that go wrong in, in, in courts in general. But so we have to go on and on and on. But, but the thing is that even as bad as the courts are in, in domestic relations courts, all the rules go out the window and all common sense. Mm-hmm. Goes. I mean, they may as well just flip, you know, flip coins. Um, right. And, uh, and, you know, for example, they'll hire a guardian ad litem, and then the guardian ad litem will write a report. And I'm immediately say, "Whoa, hold on a minute," said it. There is a rule. You know, it is not. It is unethical and prohibited for someone to be both a witness and and, and a, an advocate uh, lawyer. Right. Except in family. And, and, and I've objected. <laughs> and the judges won't. So, yeah. and, and so they'll write a report, admit it into evidence. You don't get to cross-examine. They don't. They don't test if they. They don't get on the stance. You don't get to question them about their report. Whatever they say in this report is just accepted as true. true. Right. Right. And you know, even and they're the, not. Uh, you know. Uh, go ahead. Even the mediators. I mean, I've had my girls pleading with the mediator, and my girls admitting that you know there has been sexual abuse in in the home. And the mediator brought me in, asked me about the incidents, and then flipped it in her report stating that I was alleging. Yeah, the, then they the say abuse. you're parental alienating. They, they, they claim parental alienation. The, the abuser, 
you know, said, well, this is my, you know, my spouse is, is, is alienating my kids. When the kids are terrified, they're being, you know, possibly assaulted, raped, abused, you know, starved, you know, all kinds of horrible things, you know, are happening. And then, of course, the, ex, the, the girlfriend of the, of the ex, you know, or boyfriend of the ex goes along with it. So now you got two people against the good parent, you know, but this is, uh, right. this is, this is standard, uh, standard fare. But, the, but they, do you, do you have a quick uh, thing on parental alienation? That's something that uh, Michael Volpe, who's on the show, talks about all the time. Well, I have have something to say. I know that you were talking about bonds and interest and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And what's crazier about this and what's significant about that um, statement, it is is so true because of the fact we are bonds. And I don't care what anybody says, what are the interests of a child and my child being that, that bond, it has increased because they're getting funding, because they're getting, you know, um, um, money for my child's um, uh, relocation, my child's, um, our family court case they're getting funding on. And, I mean, it, Where's that it come is from, insane. Julia? Is, is it sorry? Social Security? Is it a Social Security title? Or where, where does that funding come from? Because I know it's, we've talked about the, the show before. The funding could come from domestic violence, um, the, the domestic violence uh, victims funding. You know, how they get okay. funding for domestic violence. They get the fatherhood funding, which that, that, that program was actually designed for beautiful purposes, but got mm-hmm. into the hands of the most extreme abusers. So they're utilizing that fatherhood funding, you know, uh, to um, to abuse children and and women even more. From what I have researched and come to understand, um, it, it's just you know uh, the interest on these bonds, which is us and our children, become higher because they get the the funding for um, removing the child. Jonathan, do you know anything about this? Um, I, I'm aware generally. I've not. I, I know that that there always seems to be money for 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 these things. You know, when the judges decide to to order it. But um, you know, I have not delved deeply into into the, the way the way the money comes. I know it's there, but I don't know details about it. But uh, okay. but no, this is this is just so um, it's just so crazy. And the thing is, is that most you know, we we live in a. I mean, there, there was time when everybody understood that respect is earned, not demanded, right. and the courts have disgusted the American people by their their own you know their own faults, uh, because er, almost everybody knows somebody who's been through, a, you know, divorce or domestic relations courts. It's not like you can hide it. And all the right. you know, and everybody knows somebody who's been through these things, and 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 so you know, if the courts are obsessed with being respected, which you know, respect is all they have, but they the courts keep shooting themselves in the foot. Um, so if you want to be respected, you need to act respectable. And right. um, and the problem is, is that there, there's no there are no there's no rules, no standards whatsoever. It's just like in Virginia. Well, where's the oversight? Jonathan, where's the oversight? No, who, who, who oversees no family oversight. court? This is the thing. This is the thing. Judges do not work for the appeals courts. The judge does not work for the chief judge. 
of the circuit. You know, so everybody says, well, I want to, uh, you know, I have clients, well, I want to appeal to the chief judge. They, they have no authority over them. The appeals court can overrule the, the outcome, but, mm-hmm. but they're not the boss of the judges who do these things. There's no accountability. Impeachment. There's no responsibility. And the impeachment or like the Constitution says, you know, good behavior for the Supreme Court judges. I don't say justice anymore because the Constitution actually says judge. Right. Um, but right. they but they don't exercise. Congress doesn't exercise that that impeachment power. Is there a state impeachments or, or is there any other control on yeah. these, uh, these judges? This is the thing. These judges are operating out of their private capacity. I have my judge. Um, having ex parte communications, that's out of his judicial canyons. You know, he's operating out of his judicial canyons. He can't have ex parte communications with my abuser while I'm outside of his courtroom waiting for our matter to be heard, and he drops the matter and reissues the um, domestic violence restraining order and then has my ex-husband serve me while I'm waiting outside of his courtroom for the matter. That is operating out of his private capacity. Therefore, a crime has been committed. He can't do that. That's against the law. That is against our um, Constitution, which he took an oath to defend. And, um, And here I am not even, I can't get any justice. I've made a report. And they're just like, and the the bailiffs are laughing at me. The Modesto PD is laughing at me, you know. And I'm just like, are you guys retarded? Like, <laughs> you can't do this. You can't lock people out of their own, their hearing and then have ex parte communications. That is, that's like their, um, it's a dereliction of their duties if, if someone doesn't act. So here's my question. My question is, you know, when something like that occurs, and they're operating out of their private capacity, meaning they are not working out of their judicial canons, where, where can we find justice? Where do we go? Because they're all in bed together here, can, and the, I'm being denied jurisdiction, meaning I can't even be heard on the matter unless I'm served. That's, that's not okay. That, that they, they can't do that. You know, they, they're breaking their own, um, uh, you know, rules of the court. They're breaking their own laws. You know, they're keeping me away from my children when I'm supposed to have frequent contact with my child. That is Family Code Section 3020, you know, and 3044, you cannot give a child or you can't give custody to a, a, to a convicted felon or someone that has passed past domestic violence within the past five years. You can't give custody. That These are laws that are put in place so people could abide by them, and they're breaking their own freaking laws, you know? And so yeah, let's get Jonathan, uh, let's get Jonathan that, because that's, that's, that's a huge point. Uh, they're, they're outside the law, but I think most courts are outside the law anyway. They make up their own stuff and do what they feel like. Jonathan? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I mean, imagine a dystopian society like in science fiction or something else where there is no law, there is no government, you know, something like uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian, and that's us. You know, we, 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 are, in the, we are in Dark Ages 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you know, there is nobody 
who's who's who will step up and say it's my job to uh, to do what's right and to, and to to follow the law. Um, but the only thing I could say is that state legislators have the power, but nobody holds them accountable. They're not, you know, nobody well, nobody will say to their state legislature, "You have the power to fix this. Stop telling me you don't, and you need to fix it." So, so it never gets fixed the, the, because. Go ahead, Jonathan. No, I mean, it never gets fixed because state legislatures don't want to do it. They don't believe they can do it, and nobody else understands that the, the legislature could... It's a multi-billion could, dollar industry. That's what it yep. is. They don't want to step in because it's a multi-billion dollar industry, and God forbid they admit that they could do something about it. You know what I mean? They don't want to admit that because then they would have been in the wrong for how long? Over 40-something years, you know, and they're allowing this misconduct and uh, they're allowing these children to be abused, that children go miss, children are being put in unsafe situations, and they don't care because we're just the docket number with dollar signs behind it. Yeah, but time goes by, too, yeah. and this is the thing that uh, that always scares me is that, uh, you know, uh, however much time your kids are away from you, you, you know, you'll get your kids back at some point, um, but you don't get that time right. back. There's no way to right. make up for what they're doing to you, and I'm not trying to, you know, make you upset or, you know, a bunch of emotional stuff, but this is one of the key problems, and I have several friends. In fact, I have a friend I want to get you in contact with, Juliet, uh, after the show that I think you might be able to help. Um, and so this is a constant problem. But you know what really galls me, too, is that no reporter uh, asks family court or family law questions in campaigns, not local, not state, not federal. Nobody talks about mm-hmm. this at the national level or the state level. There's no state campaign where somebody says, I'm going to reform family court. It just doesn't happen. It's I a non-issue. Reform. Reform okay, what would you do? Is, is, or abolish? It, it, I, it, it, it shouldn't even exist. Why? Because of the fact these these people are making huge decisions for our children and for our families that they're not educated on domestic violence. They're not educated on a trigger. They're, everything that they're doing is malicious, it's calculated, and it's a playbook. So it, should it, divorces it, it, be mediated without a family court? What do you think we'd be better off with doing something like that? Or what, I think what would you that propose? any domestic violence um, case should be handled in an Article Three federal court where our constitutional okay. rights are reserved. Makes sense. Because should should they be by jury? Would, would divorce by jury help? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And All I right. think that, um, you know, we're dead entities in family court. That's how they're able to maneuver us around. You know, if you maybe that's where we should go. Name. I'm sorry. No, I say maybe that's where we should go. Is when we start proposing laws. I'm, I'm looking for ideas for how to do this. I'm just, you know, this, I'll, I'll listen to the podcast later. But uh, and we probably need to talk off the air too. Well, Greg, um, why don't you go ahead, Jonathan? Say that, you know, in my in my twenty something years uh-huh. um, as a lawyer, it um, and and politician, like I say, the number of people who are aware of these problems, maybe not in that level of detail, but on a vague level, mm-hmm. um, is enormous. Because mm-hmm. for every person who's screwed in domestic relations court, there's a family, there are friends, there's people on, you know, on, on, on all sides. E- even the people who quote-unquote win in domestic court have to walk out of there scratching their head going, what the hell was that? 
and and so the, the you know the, the 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 number of people out there, unfortunately, most of those people um, have spent all their money. They've been demoralized. They've, they're exhausted. They don't have any resources. Um, but you know, but the constituency of people who know that this is a disaster is enormous. And and if it you know if at some point I mean there are more people like that than there are people who care say about tax cuts, and yet um, the politicians just ignore the whole thing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just you know to be honest with you, I think every attorney, every um, every person that's in these. Uh, you know, in on the bench or whatever the case may be, they're aware. But they, uh, what I've seen and the retaliation that I've been experiencing, which is death threats, um, you know, I'm being followed by cops, uh, cops waiting, what hiding, cops while putting gas. I don't understand the I'm cops' sorry? angle on this. I, mean, I don't understand the cops that are in on this. Are they just paid enforcers of, of the state or, or local jurisdiction? Well, Why are the okay, cops so, so willing to do this? Okay, so the okay, so that attorney that I was telling you about, the corrupted attorney, his name is pa- um, Thomas Patrick Hogan. Mm-hmm. He has all the cops in, in his back pocket. He owns half of Modesto, and when I fired him, he started working for the opposing counsel, and I fired him because I found out that he um, went to my mediation hearing. And then I found out that he made, he told the, the judge that I agreed to take a hair follicle test. I agreed to, to all of this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I never agreed to any of that. I don't have to agree to any of this. You know, I'm contesting it. So when I went back to court without my attorney, he, that's when the judge honored uh, my ex-husband full custody. Now, the problem with this guy is, and he's a dangerous guy, um, and he has all the the Modesto PD in his back pocket. So they, and I'm already on a watch list. Carolyn Shop is already on a watch list. Because of the fact we're making noise, we're talking about the injustice. We're talking about these, these court actors. Um, uh, violating our our rights, our children's rights, our constitutional rights, our civil rights, our bill of rights. I mean, you name it, it's it's violated all across the board. And and now they're trying to make it. Now they're the the, the records everything, right? Let's face it, the records everything. It needs to be transparent. And what I'm finding is is that they're laying down the record to make it seem like I'm unfit. I'm um, I'm committing um, domestic violence. I've had cops over here stating, "Oh, we got a call that you and your um, you and your boyfriend are arguing. We we need you to step outside. We need to make sure you're okay." I'm like, "Fuck that!" Oh, sorry, excuse me. I'm like, "Screw that." <laughs> it's okay. It happens occasionally. We we get so emotional about these I'm things. like, yeah. "I'm um, not I'm not go I'm not stepping outside." I have a video right now on my Facebook that. It, the other mom, Carolyn Shop, is being pulled out of her home because she's trying to make a police report on the missing child. Her missing child. She has no idea where she's at, you know, and her child is missing to her. 
So yeah. the, when she was calling yeah. to make this police report, she gets pulled out of her home, pulled out of her home. So I do a side-by-side where I get pulled out of my home and she gets pulled out of her home. No two cases are alike. However, our, my case and Carolyn Schott's case, our cases are identical. The only thing that's a little off is that she was held and they're trying to criminally um, charge her for a DUI and um, child endangerment when, in fact, she, she, the blood alcohol level it overexceeds her body weight. Like it can't even, and the the Should blood be has been tampered with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to. I just want to touch on for a second because he's been more than generous, generous with his time. He's been, you know, well over an hour, yeah. uh, and I know he's a busy guy. Um, so, do you have more time, Jonathan, or do you have to go, or do you want to kind of sum up? And, and I want to, and I also want to talk about uh, the other part of your life, well, Julia. I got uh, to go. I mean, I, I wish okay, there were any answers, we'll talk about to, this again. Um, we're not done with this topic. I, I've got to. Uh, um, um, hi. What? No, oh. I, I'm okay, but I, I, I He's on the air. He's so anyway, but I, I've got to call back a client, and I and I think that. Okay. Um, unfortunately, this is a gigantic. But but the thing is, is that it also one of the things I was going to say. This also leads to a whole a whole generations of dysfunctional children growing mm-hmm. up to be mm-hmm. dangerous adults. And and I think the politicians need to. And like like I say, if the if you have a forest full of uh, full of um, dry tinder, I think this topic you know has more promise of getting action than than many other areas of life. But so far, it's been it's been completely ignored. And um, and no, first show. of all, <laughs> not by us. No, but the thing is, is that first yeah. of all, ju- journalists tend to be they shy away from legal stuff because they don't understand it. Instead of saying that there's two sides to it and which, you know, because, again, report, you know, journalists used to be, you know, there's two sides. You report both sides and you let the reader figure it out. And if, it's, if it creates a conundrum, all the better because that pulls people in and they, that makes them interested. Um, so, um, but that's not the way journalism is anymore. So <clears throat> they, they can't figure it out, so they just walk away and they don't want to talk about any legal thing. The only thing they'll cover maybe is the final decision of something. And, um, and, and so, so they, they won't cover it. And, and again, they, they just assume that somebody's disgruntled and saying, instead of saying, um, you know, it's a, if you, if you, if you call the fire department and say there's a house on fire and they say, Oh, it's, you're just disgruntled because the, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, that, so I mean, I, yeah, anyway, I'm not laughing at the. It's it's it, that's yeah. That's a that's a great example. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so so I got to go. I got to call a client back who's calling me. Well, listen. Thanks for your extra time. I appreciate it. And Jonathan, we'll be back Monday right, thanks, uh, next week. Thanks, Jonathan. Good and to, so yeah, he's good to meet yeah, you. Uh, Talk to you later. Yeah, I'm okay. getting ready to cut out too. Okay. Jackie, do you have a final comment? Do you want anything for? Uh, for Julia, before you go. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank we, you. Uh, I need it. 
I need all the oh, luck yeah. in the world. Oh, yeah, and we're going to talk more about this. Now, now Pianchi's uh, on the show pretty much every day, which is great, um, but he's used to a little earlier. Normally, I start at 7 o'clock Central and go to 10. So uh, this one, we, we extended it, but uh, since I'm the boss here, I can do pretty much anything I want. And so we have, uh, so I, I, I just moved, I just started an hour later. Normally I do an hour of, of news and chat with the audience uh, and then get to Jonathan. And then we have uh, Dorothy Diana, someone you might want to meet too. That's our, our, our sex and sensuality report. She's fabulous. We get in all kinds of topics. Uh, it's, it's, it's really oh, interesting. I got the best people on the show. I have the most brilliant, most interesting <laughs> uh, folks here. And it's just, well, I want to, well, see, now I want to talk about the stuff that you do. So, so we can cover this topic again. We're going to, and I want to get you and Jonathan together again uh, to talk more about this. But what I find interesting that uh, I look at your life, what little I've learned about it now and mine, and it seems like those of us that have had conflict, that have had, like I had, you know, severely narcissistic parents and a really screwed up childhood, uh, the adversity you know, I, I grew up in three different countries. I was basically dumped here. My folks got divorced, and, the, and they said, okay, you're on your own. Good luck. Uh, and no guidance, no family, no extended, no nothing. It was like uh, the immigrant that got off the boat but didn't have the immigrant community to support them. That's my position. So it's been an interesting life, and here I am now creating Action Radio. But I find that those of us that have had adversity, uh, those that have had challenges, those that have had you know, miserable lives for one reason or another, a lot of people have problems. I'm not saying that. But the real traumatic events uh, bring about the, the greatest crusaders, the, the strongest advocates, the most fearless people, because what, else, what are you going to do to me now? What are you going to do to me that hasn't been done? It right, sort of kill me. Right. You know, where, where are you going to go? You can't mess with my emotions. Right. It's been done. You can't do psychological warfare. I'm good at it. I can do it right back at you. You know, you can't take away everything I've had. That's already happened. Okay. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do to me that hasn't been done? I mean, this sort of, you know, what, sort of, like I say, sort of death I think, and injury. I, I think for me, I'm at the point where it's like I walk with God. Mm-hmm. I walk with my oh, yeah, integrity. I feel like mm-hmm. when I walk into court, I have this big shield over me mm-hmm. that I'm untouchable. And, yeah, it may seem like, you know, my ex got a small little win here and there. But I know in my heart that what I'm doing is, not in a malicious way. I don't find joy in in um, in causing people pain. I don't mm-hmm. find joy in um, wrecking people's homes or lives or anything like that. I actually feel bad when I'm slamming them with all kinds of paperwork and because I'm going pro per. And what's that? Um, what's pro per? What's pro per? I'm a pro per litigant. Like I'm self represented. Okay. Self represented. Yeah. And so um, with that being said, like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't get a mental hard on for this stuff. I just don't, (laughs) you know? You're funny. Uh, I, I knew you were going to be a great, uh, great person to have on. I think we're going to – I, I got to find a way to get you on more often just because, just because. And so this is, this is quite fascinating. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Action Radio. Uh, but – and this is something you might want to talk about in your own show uh, is the fact that we – you know, you may want to go from a talk host to an action host. In other words, actually uh, advocating legislation, writing legislation, you know, going as far as you can with it, getting other people involved, having them be lobbyists. You know, the way this works here. I'll give you the, 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 the 30-second version, uh, is that we have a website called writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, Write Your Laws. And this is a place where anybody can write a bill. And some of the folks that have written bills, you know, we had Amber, who's 18 years old. She was 17 when she wrote a bill about uh, having people take the citizenship test before they run for office, the immigration citizenship test. Now she's a constitution reporter. Uh, we had a woman, uh, Linda, 
uh, uh, writing a bill uh, about banning uh, prescription drug advertising. So I matched up with Judy Mikovits. We used to have our, our world's greatest doctors panel. Judy is one of the top, you know, biochemists, molecular biologists in the world, writing with a listener, right. a bill to ban drugs. So we matched people. Up. This is why it's, it's perfectly natural for me, although you're new to the show here, but to match up with, with Jonathan to talk about this legal stuff, you know, even though I didn't know, he knew more than I thought he did. He kind of surprised me. So he's been looking into the family court and just those problems. But this is what we do here. We, we bring people of all kinds of different specialties together. Well, uh, and because of that, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is when, okay, family court is a hot topic. Mm -hmm. It is. But people don't have the emotional or mental capacity to handle it, right? So they check out. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Because it's deep. It's dark. We can't imagine, oh, my God, we we can't wrap our brain around people that are, in this position, making malicious and vindictive choices against families and and children, mm-hmm. you know, it's it gets it's really really deep. So, so don't they know they're doing wrong? Are, are these places, are these people all sociopaths? They're so hung up on the money. Oh, absolutely. That they don't because they know they're hurting kids. They have no empathy. You know, they're they have no they're div- there's no soul. So is it really, is right. this a situation of empaths versus narcissists? That's why I call them demons. Okay. They're not people. <laughs> okay. So if the court is full of narcissists, which is what it sounds like, pathological narcissists, I'm talking about severely, you know, personality disturbed people with severe mental health issues, making judgments on, on, on us regular folks. It's like narcissists versus empaths. You know, that's how most relationships right. go, unfortunately. You know, one person, right. you know, I call them give and take relationships. One person gives, the other person takes. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems to have a yeah, but but the point is that in order for these people to do what they're doing, they have to have the same uh, sociopathy. They have to have the same dysfunction. They have to have the same devoid of emotions and soul and humanity in order to take kids away from the good parent, give them to the bad parent for the sole purpose of making money. That is a sick person. Normal people don't do that. Right. That's exact. No right-minded person would ever do anything like that, or even inflict that type of emotional right. chaos or mm-hmm. any type of chaos on the mother of their children, let alone a domestic violence survivor to the judge. Because mm-hmm. that's who we are to to the judges. We're domestic violence survivors, and we're just we're petitioning the court for help, but they're ignoring us. I've been petitioning the court since 2016. I was granted two restraining orders, one reissuance restraint, restraining order. So that's three altogether, but not, that's not even including, including mm-hmm. my prior cases that I had before that. Yeah. So if, if, if these judges were to take a look at the docket, and the docket's everything, the record's everything, and they go all the way back and they start seeing, wow, mom was petitioning. And all of a sudden, boom, 2020, that's when he granted custody to my ex-husband with a no re- reunification. All, I have to see my children in supervised visitation, which my children won't go, which I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really traumatized. And then he's cut off all contact with my child and seats in the order that I have to have contact in order to have contact, I have to go through the supervision um, center. And I'm like, there is no instruction. I'm supposed to have frequent contact. I and have you no had, prior. 
there's nothing on your record, you know, the, the time before the divorce that the kids were, were fine. Everybody was happy. You know, the kids were happy oh. with you. There's nothing, there's no disturbances. There's no school reports. There's no, you know, injury reports. There's no, there's no nothing that, that would ever have caused, you have the nothing in your background that, that would have, the only uh, thing that I have been very open about. Uh-huh. And this is why I started Broken Girl Unchained was because I'm, I am a suicide survivor. But my okay. ex-husband mentally and emotionally broke me down so bad that mm-hmm. the only way out, I thought back then, was doing something tragic like that. But this is why I always... That's real gaslighting, folks. Negative. If you want to know what real gaslighting is, not the fake stuff they talk about lying. Gaslighting is not lying. People use the term gaslighting all the time. They have no idea what they're talking about. That's real gaslighting. Right. If you can drive a person to suicide, convincing them they're crazy and the only way out is death, that is what gaslighting is. Yep. And that's a psychological injury. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're holding my feet to the fire to that because I have a past 5150. But here's the catch, Greg. Okay, mm-hmm. my ex-husband worked as patient sitter in the behavioral health department. And mm-hmm. he knows all of the process and procedure, right? And mm-hmm. not only that, he knows all of the cops that come in the emergency department bringing in the 5150s, which yeah. yep. the 5150 is a California He was studying how to do this. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about your story. Uh, he was studying how to do this. Now, we do have some extra time. If you have some extra time now that you're awake on the West Coast, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can go over the top of the hour. But I want to get into how, and I'm not trying to diminish what was happening to you at all, and we can come back to it, but I want to do the positive stuff too, because you're now, you, you're, you were just in a movie, you know, you're an influencer, you've been on Fox News, I want, I want to hear about all that stuff. So from this tragedy, how did you get going to what you're doing now? Let's hear about Broken Girl on Chance. I want to hear, all, I want to hear your whole story. So, how, so from this tragedy, how did you all of a sudden become this, 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 this media person, this, this superstar here? You know, tell me the story. Um, wow, wow, wow. I've never had anybody say that to me, but thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. See, this um, is what you come to Action I, Radio for, to, ask the quest, to answer the questions that nobody's ever asked you. People say that all the time. That's what I do here. That's my job. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Go for it. Well, um, no, I, I, because my motto is, you can always turn a negative into a positive. I had all of these, and I still have all of these crappy situations happen to mm-hmm. me. However, and I, yet, I, <laughs> and yet, you know, you're doing right? all this cool stuff. Yeah. Right. I have all of these beautiful blessings, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I think God is awarding me because I've been, I've been really good, you know, and I'm a good person and he knows my heart. And um, I walk in his light, you know. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I have an upcoming film coming up, um, The Falcon. What's it called? What's it called? The Falcon, the film. Mm-hmm. It's called so Falcon, that is the, the, the film. Falcon, the film. So, so uh, yes. that, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm curious. Okay, it's, it's a patriotic film, and it's actually mm. an imagine, imaginary tale that talks about our government. And I play a lobbyist. That's a pure fantasy. <laughs> oh, I about it. Okay, now I want to know, I want to, because this is what I, because I, I actually am a, a lobbyist. You know, what we do here is we lobby legislation. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, we don't do it for I million need, dollar corporate expense accounts <laughs> and uh, trips to Epstein's Island. We don't do that. But uh, you know, we just have people sharing the links to our bills directly to media and and to uh, the appropriate uh, legislature, whether it's Congress, states, or uh, local. So tell me, lobbyist, right. how do you play but, a lobbyist? You, know, you want to be one? Do you want to be a real very, one? Very, very. Let's make I'm you a real one. Let's make you a real lobbyist. I'm serious. I don't know if I'm so, ready for that, Greg. 
This is why I'm curious as to how you played a lobbyist not being one on a show right. now that is a professional lobbyist organization. I mean, that's what we no, do. I that's totally, why I created I Action totally Radio. I would love to do it on my free time. But this okay. is the thing. I don't think mm-hmm. I have the uh, mental capacity to even get through that right now, to do okay. something like that because Fair of enough. the fact of all my trauma. Mm. You know, I have. I, See, I think it's perfect for it myself. I, I just channel yeah, energy. I, I think you're what? perfect for I'm, it. I'm open to it. I'm okay. open to it. Absolutely. We'll keep talking. Yeah. Okay. So tell me how you play I'm a lobbyist. Working on <laughs> so, yeah, how, how did you lobbyist. train? How did you train? How did they train you to be a lobbyist? Uh, as, a, as an actor, well, how do they train you to play the part of a lobbyist? We're actually in pre-production right now. Um, okay. We okay. haven't actually launched the film um, or started filming. Uh, we don't start filming, I believe, not until because I have two films I'm working on. I'm working mm. on the Serene, which is um, a mental health slash horror slash uh, a thriller film. Anyway. Wow. So um, we have Dark Hoffman that's actually directing that um, that film, and then I have Mario Prado and um, his partner that's going that's helping um, direct in mm-hmm. the film. Mm. So I have two films that are coming up. One's in January, I start filming, and then the other one I believe is in March. We're doing. So our, how did you get um, into films from from all these horrible things that were happening in your life? That's what this one I'm curious about. Were you discovered on the street corner? Did you do a screen test? How did, how did you no. do it? Come on, tell me. <laughs> no, not at all. I met so you're not someone online. Okay. <laughs> I met someone online just the way like I met you, Greg. Uh-huh. And um, he he was like, I, you know, I, I heard you're a mental health. Can I tell you my story? So he went ahead and started telling me his story. Uh-huh. And he was put in a mental institution for like three years. And this guy was never afforded an ADA. And I was just like, bro, I can help you do your lawsuit. This is a malpractice lawsuit. And he's like, well, if you help me do that, then I can, I'll help you land some roles. And I was like, no, I'm not an actress. I I just want, I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart. I don't, I don't need anything from you. He's like, how about I give you half of the, half of the uh, settlement when I get it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was just like, you know what, go ahead and get me those roles, because let me tell you what, I need to get my head out of the family court stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I just wanted something else to focus on, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't just surround myself with all this crap. Well, it's negative. You know, so, you know, you got to get a, well, it's, it's like the, the dark world of the psychopaths. And I talk about this uh, frequently, you know, I was, I was horribly depressed several years ago and I went, I was in the world of the, the psychopaths and I know what they look like now and I can see them coming. And I can see the red flags in their heads, you know, oh, but until you, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, they're dead, the dead eyes. Yep. Well, I call them empty black holes of eternal selfishness. That's how I describe these people. That's, yeah. Yeah, can yeah. never be filled. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but once you've walked in that dark world, you can see them in the, in the normal world. It's like it's like red pill, blue pill. It's like you've been down in uh-huh. the cave. You you see where they operate. You know what they look like. You know their characteristics. You know their predictabilities. And this is how you beat them. You can beat narcissists and uh, you know bipolars and other folks. But narcissists are the worst because they're they're out to get you. But you can beat them yeah, because they're they're, yeah. they're locked into their predictability. Yeah. And once you learn their once you learn what they're going to do before they know what they're going to do, you can beat them. 
Anyway, but once you've been down in that world and you come out the other side of the cave and you start walking among the normal people again, you can see the psychopaths up there too. It's like you, you get this, uh, I forgot that, like, remember the old TV show, The Invaders, you know, and, uh, uh, and I forgot the actor, but he could see, he was the only person that could see the invaders, the, the aliens, right? And the same thing too. We, we can see the psychopaths. You know, not all the time. Mm-hmm. Occasionally we get caught. But for uh, the yeah, most part. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know, Greg. Yeah. You're on your own on that one. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell. I, I, always, um, I always think someone is good, you know, and that's my downfall. I'm, I'm learning what the mm. red flags are. Because it's look, not your downfall. Here. I was with my ex-husband. I was with my what? ex-husband for 22 years. Oh, wow. 22 years. He was the love of my life. I met him when I was 14. He was almost 19 years old. Wow. You know, already had a kid. Anyways, I slept next to this guy for 22 years, and he has hmm. me pulled out of my home. He, oh, my God, it's disgusting. So no, this, know, is classic, this is classic narcissism. You lost your friends. You lost your family. You were isolated. You were driven crazy, you know, and he's doing exactly what, uh, what he does. But once, he's, once, once they're done with you, they take everything you have. As long as yep. you're feeding their ego, they'll keep you around. Like this. That is, that's how, that has been my goal with how I got into films mm-hmm. um, is because of the fact that I couldn't allow myself to be his victim anymore. I Absolutely. Wasn't, I was gonna, I'm going to come back on top, and I'm bringing my freaking team with me, my counsel, <laughs> my co-counsel. My <laughs> I am no, not lying because big marketing yeah. films. Yeah, no, it's kind of a sweet revenge because you'll be amazingly popular and, and known worldwide, and uh, you're drop dead gorgeous anyway. So you're out there, you're doing films. This is wonderful. You're welcome. Uh, but what's what's cool about this is that the your ex will hear about this, and they'll hear about it from other people. And nothing drives nothing drives a narcissist crazy than to know that one of their victims is doing better than they are. So this is the best thing right. you can do. This is far, you know. Right. Like I, said, I, I'm, I hate to admit no my psychological warfare is. side, but it's there. <laughs> You know, I try not to think of it. That's my dog. You know what my slogan is on my website, right? Well, if you don't, I'm going to tell you. I've got your website here. They say revenge is a dish best served cold. I Uh say it's your comeback story. And everyone (laughs) loves the comeback story. That is my slogan. Mm -hmm. And I I truly, truly believe that because everybody's like, how are you going to get back at him? What are you going to do? And I'm like, you don't have to do anything to him. I'm not even worried about him. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like okay. the, if I'm going, I'm going to fight as hard. This isn't about him and me. This is about my children. Right. This is my fight for my children. So I'm doing everything in God's light and for my children. Nothing else matters right, right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Besides, you know, my career and my children and my family and my podcast family, all of my guests have become true um, my true family. I can go to them for anything. And I've had celebrities. I've had everyday people. I was oh, do some name dropping. Little... Let's hear some name drops. Go ahead. Tell me who you've talked to. <laughs> um, okay, Feel so free. I've worked with Patty Negri from The Ghost Adventures. Uh-huh. Um, she is Hollywood psychic medium. She's one of my best friends. I'm not um, familiar with her. Yeah. No? Yeah, Don't tell her about it. She'll get upset. Patty Negri. Sorry. Yeah, she, yeah. She's amazing. Okay. I don't and know then, everybody yet. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked with Neil DeMonte, and Neil DeMonte is a uh, storyboard writer uh, for um, Batman versus Superman, Hellraiser, Night of the Living Dead. 
he's very, very dark. I've been in his home. (laughs) (laughs) What am I looking at right now? He has like a Ouija board. Check this Uh out. He has a Ouija board on his wall and it's engraved with silver. So any negativity or any negative energy can bounce back. And I was just like, Bro, I don't know. I I I have no words for him because he's just the sweetest guy, but he's dark. <laughs> oh, bring him on the show too. I mean, uh, anybody that you've had, it sounds like somebody I want to talk to just because, just because. I mean, I just so I'll do my own name dropping too. It's like, yeah, I'll get him on so I can drop the same names. I'm actually not familiar with these people, <laughs> so you're opening up an entire new world, and it's so embarrassing when someone says, "Well, of course you know so and so." I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, I don't know." <laughs> No, and you know it, it doesn't. These these don't have to be celebrities to anyone else. They're celebrities mm-hmm. in my eyes. I look up to them, and their their talent is so amazing to me. And I I mean, it, I my my level of celebrity may not be another person's level of celebrity. Does if that makes any sense? Well, it does. Um, but I mean, they're they're fun to talk to. But uh, I mean, like I said, I've matched people up. You know, anybody is is fair game on this show. And, and one of the things I want to be able to do is to have President Trump one day talk to you know a plumber in Arkansas. You know, just I mean, match up the the, the most powerful people in the world with with regular folks, and because they don't talk to each other and they should. And so this is the kind of thing I want to do. So I, I value somebody that nobody's ever heard of that that's uh, you know maybe lives on their own. They're 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 struggling whatever. Just as much as I would value. You know, the president of the United States, you know, only because right. people are people are people now they've accomplished different right. things and it's a different conversation. But that's not the point. The point is that people, I think, undervalue themselves. I mean, celebrity status is nice, but it's not it's not the be all end all. But it is. Uh, but that's, right. that's why I do it, just because it's fun. It's fun to have people on that people know about, you know, well, you know I've, had, see, I've had my folks on to do that. Yeah. Go ahead. Coming um, in my film, The Falcon, I can't really say who the main um Stars are of okay. the Falcon, but well, what are you gonna do? Uh, have you seen the script? Have you seen the script yet? What do you? How do you love it? I have. I'm curious. Yeah. Can you tell me, or I is it have. proprietary? <laughs> it's very, very elegant. She's a badass. I play a badass um, lobbyist where she doesn't take no shit. She's very. You're calculated. a badass already, darling. You, you, this is like <laughs> this is easy casting. I can see where you got the part. I'm like I'm coming back and I'm taking numbers. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So you'd so, be a great lobbyist. Yeah. Did you ever? Did you study law? Were you, were you thinking of being a lawyer? Because I can see you in a trial. I, I I I consider myself pre-law. I don't need a bar card or like this experience. My, the family court experience has changed my life. I okay. now know my. I now my, know my rights. I know that the Constitution was designed to protect us, not to not to be violated. And what I I see them doing, mm-hmm. and it sees that the, the courts have an agenda, and I know what it is, but not everybody has the mental capacity to understand it. Now, if I was to break everything down for you, yeah. it would be absolutely disgusting, and we should be getting prepared because they're looking to like. And it, this is going to sound fucking, or sorry, excuse me. This is going to sound doing crazy. That. <laughs> Good thing about I know, FCC regulated. Yeah, it's okay, I'm fine. Really yeah, keep going. Okay, take a breath. I want you to calm down. <laughs> Go ahead. I know. I know. I get really worked up. I get you really do. worked up on this stuff. I appreciate and it. And it's just, it, it's something, I'm passionate about it because it's all about we, the people, yeah. you know, and it's all about if anybody can cause change, it is us. What are we doing? 
Wake well, up, see, that's America. What that's what, that's my job. F up. <laughs> you know, but that's my job here at Action Radio. I created Action Radio so that anybody could help make change. And, and I hear this all the time. I'm just one person. Well, I'm just one person, too. Julia, you're just one person. Okay, but together we can do amazing things. You know, I, the, the technology is here, but I had to find a webmaster to create it. Okay. Unfortunately, he passed on, um, but uh, tragically, too. It's, it's, a, it's a whole story, too. Uh, but Ed, the reason we have com is because of Eric Colley. He, he, I asked him, can you make a website that does this? He's like, well, I don't know. And he comes back like three weeks later. Hey, guess what I found? <laughs> yeah, I can. You know, and so, so he, he adds something, and everybody adds something. To the show. Dr. Zelenko was a friend of mine uh, until he died. You know, he's been on the show a couple of times. You know, he's the one that gave hydroxychloroquine yeah, to President Trump. Yeah, everybody on your Trump. show is dying around you. I don't know how I feel about that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, actually, we just lost Dr. Peter Pry, too. So uh, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah, a genius. Death is always weird. That's a, death is a weird emotion for me because I didn't experience okay. death until they're on in my life. But hmm. I, I was 30 years old. My son's grandmother died in our arms, and I was really Ooh. close to her. Wow. And... Um, yeah, I didn't know how I felt about it. Like, I'm that awkward person at a funeral. Just because mm. I'm nervous and I, I don't know what to do with that emotion, I'm laughing. I always, <laughs> I know. Inappropriately, as they would say? Up. Inappropriately, okay. absolutely. That's why I dread going to funerals because I don't know how to act. I don't know what to do. I don't, this is. Yeah, this comedy is, doesn't really my work. Well, you know, what, what would Billy Crystal do? What would Robin Williams do in a funeral? I mean, this, I would go with their, their lead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, but well, Steph is very. I've had I've had women me. on my show, and one of my first uh, shows, one of my first mm-hmm. guests, rather, um, came on my show, and she talked about how she lost her five-year-old daughter in the Stanislaus County River, Ooh. and um, and how she was a domestic violence uh, victim, and she was petitioning mm-hmm. the court for protection, and he denied it, and the little girl had to go with the father. Mm-hmm. So, and the little girl died in the Stanislaus County River. That type of stuff is like, oh my God, it's rich in pain. It's rich in in sadness and grief. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and maybe rich in homicide or, or criminally negligent uh, homicide. Or I mean, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of things that could be rich in. You know, so it's. Right. I don't want to bring up you know a whole bunch of memories, but yeah, this, this there might be a lot more to that. And that's the thing people don't realize too. When when the abusive parent, when the illegal uh, you know, when the felon parent, when the abusive, when the uh, uh, people charged with felonies of, of, of child abuse get, get the kids, they do end up dead. You know, not all the time, but I mean, there, there are, you know, a tiny fraction of unfortunate people that this is the ultimate result. This is the ultimate tragedy is that these courts are awarding kids to people and some of them get killed. You know, I know personal cases. You know, so I understand that. Uh, and that's uh, this is why I pray for all the kids that are with the wrong parents who get back with the right one. But they're doing it by design. And, uh, you know, I understand how this works. But again, the, these are these are crazy people. But back to death for a second. Now, I, I am actually I feel privileged to be able to talk to people. And I have recordings of Dr. Walter Williams, one of my first interviews. You know, he's not with us anymore. Dr. Zelenko, I've got two interviews. Uh, Dr. Peter Pry, I've got four years worth of interviews. I'm going to get them to the uh, wow. Center for that's Security amazing. Study. Oh, he was, he was an incredible man. Uh, and he liked the show because, you know, unlike right now, I let him talk, <laughs> you know. And so um, <laughs> well, he, he would, you ask him a question, 20 minutes later, he's done. He was one of those guys. And it was good. It was interesting. But it was, sometimes it got a little technical. But the point is, to me, I, I you know, what's, I heard a saying in a movie, uh, Breaker Moran, it's an Australian film, you know, and one of the guys before he was executed said, live every day as if it were your last. For one time, you're sure to be right. 
<laughs> and that's the way I do it. And, and so, so, so death is like, uh, death is a motivator. Death is what makes you do it things that you wouldn't do if we, if we live forever. You can look you, at it that way. Yeah. It's all in the mindset. Mm-hmm. It's all in the mindset. You can look at it like um, it's a motivator. However, there's people that get stuck in that place, that dark mental space, or, mm-hmm. or they don't know how to, they don't have the emotional capacity to handle it. So they just not deal with that grief. So, and, and then they turn to self-medicating and then they turn into, you know, domestic violence because all of those emotions are just all compounded and either, you know, I'm going to shoot myself up with heroin, not me, but, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. or well, what do you think people are really afraid of? I mean, death, death is, you know, uh, uh, once you're dead, you don't feel anything. I mean, I was clinically dead during heart surgery. I had open heart surgery almost six years ago. And anniversary is actually coming up uh, this month. And I was clinically dead. I was dead for four hours. I mean, I, I, I was wow. on a heart and lung machine. I was on a ventilator. I was on all those things while they repaired a, a heart valve. And it works really well now. So they did a really good job. I'm, I'm quite happy with it. But the point was, I didn't feel That's anything. Correct. I didn't have the out-of-body experience. I didn't have the, the sensation. What, there, was just, I, there was nothing. I can't, it was, it, there's a gap. There's a gap from when they put me under and said, good night, Greg. You know, and so they woke me up and I woke up and I had these tubes down my throat, which I tried to yank out. I said, no, you can't take the tubes out until you're breathing. I'm like, I'm breathing. You know, I'm trying to talk with these tubes. <laughs> out, right? Okay. But, 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 but between that time, I can't tell you what happened. There was nothing. So I don't worry about death because death is nothing. But I look at it as a change. You know, I look at it as, as, yeah. as part of the stage, you know, and, and you well, look at, at, yeah, at time. Time is an earthly concept. Yeah, so go ahead. That's what I always try to project out to my, to my children because, you know, they mm-hmm. were around when their their grandmother died or mm-hmm. my son's grandmother. Um, but I always try to say it's the process of life. You're born, you live, you die, you know. And um, it, But it's like I know for them, I know they're terrified of it, and I know that Why, I'm though? terrified what, of it. I, what's, I, what's, what's, and uh, it all comes ahead. back to, Why? Uh-huh. you know, I, I had, um, when I tried hanging myself in 2011, Ooh, I'm so sorry. I did feel peaceful. I felt peace. I felt peace. I felt I seen a well. You were in control. Sunset. That was probably the, the the most time you've ever been in control of your whole life because your decision was whether to keep it or not. So that's so you could say peace. So you could say that absolute control brings absolute peace. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was. You know, I'm so happy that God saved my life and I picked the I picked to come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. So to speak, because. You know, I, I, I'm such a, I'm such a powerful, I feel very powerful in my position right now, mm-hmm. being that I have a top 10 global um, podcast and I feel like I'm, I'm in control. What does that of, mean? You know, tell, tell me what that means to have a top 10 global podcast. So you, so it, you're it, one of the top 10 in the world. You, there's like uh, Joe Rogan, nine other people I, in I, you I or what? In, I fall into the top 10 percentile. So um, if you want, if you want, if you Google, not Google, but if you go to listen notes and you type in broken girl unchained, Mm -hmm. um, it will give you my numbers. It'll give you my stats. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. What's it called? Listen note. How do you spell that? Listen notes. It's um, it's like listen with your ears and the notes. N-O-T-E-S. 
Okay, good. Yeah. Now, your line's a little fuzzy. Uh, and just for future reference, I, I, I don't know why this didn't occur to me, but as a podcaster, do you have a mic and, a, and the headset and the whole bit? I Can do, I just yeah. The... I just came back okay. from traveling, so everything yeah. still, <laughs> still okay. all Well, I'll send, you the, I'll send you the Direct Connect link, link next time so you can use your uh, – you know, headset and mic and stuff, and then I'll let make for a clearer sale. Because your phone, yeah, yeah, because okay, your yeah. phone's just a little bit blurry. Memory, so yeah, uh, don't worry about it. I'm just missing a couple things, a couple of words. Your phone's just a touch blurry, um, but uh, but that's but we'll fix that next time. With uh, I want everybody, I'm, I'm trying to get all my reporters on mic too, but that's that's a process. I got like twenty. There's <laughs> way people call us. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's huge. Oh, yeah. Wow. I want to hear about your podcast. I, I know about mine. I, I do it. So tell me about yours. And uh, You know, it would be really yeah. great if we could um, investigators to investigate the, what's going on in Stanislaus County. Because of the fact that there's, 20, there's 2,200 mothers that have mm-hmm. lost custody in family court. 2,200. And then we have the highest um, foster care children. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. What so, the but heck reporters is aren't doing on? it. Uh, reporters aren't covering it. Nobody's they, covering don't, the story. they don't want to touch it. They don't want to touch it. Mainstream media does not want to touch it. Do you know why? I mean, what we have, what we have right now, are active kidnappings under the color of law. Mm-hmm. So, and they're not doing anything. So, uh, what would be interesting is that because it's a public now, it's a public safety issue. So. Mm-hmm. So, like, what would be nice if we can get to uncover what's going on, and these are patterns, and patterns are everything, right? So, no, that's, they, what, that's how I see the world. Someone, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It establishes a, a behavior pattern. So, what I'm trying to say is that it would be really great if we can uncover what's going on in Stanislaus County, because if it's going on here, it is going on in uh, in another county. Oh, you listen, know? I got to tell you, from what I know, this is a worldwide problem. This is this is oh, in India. Sure. This is in Australia. This is in uh, you know South America. I'm sure it's in Russia and China. This is a worldwide problem. And so, right. although the judiciaries and the governments are different, uh, their family court is family court. It, it's kind of universal. Now, what I would suggest doing: Do you have a, a major university nearby, or in Stanislaus County? I think it's Stanislaus County um, or Stanislaus University. I don't even know. I, I okay, don't here's, know. Here's my suggestion. <clears throat> if you want to get the best reporters, don't go to the people that are, are, have editors that are idiots. You get an intern. You get, a, get somebody in college. In fact, I'm looking for college interns. If I've got a couple of folks I'm working with. Uh, I want to get uh, some interns in Washington and in the state capitals who will actually lobby on citizen legislation. And so if you find an intern, who will do this as a course. They'll make the report, but they can make that report public. You know, so students are, are a huge source of, of potential information, especially if you've got this big a podcast, you might be able to call Turning Point USA. Maybe they can recommend an, uh, a college student who might want to look into this to do it as a project. That way they're not, they're not bound by economics, by their job. They're not being paid to not report on this issue. The college right. students are actually paying right. to go. Well, so I find a college have kid. An investigation. Yeah, I already have an investigation team. I'm working on a legal team. Um, that has actually have really, really helped me with my filing. They do Mm -hmm. it free of charge, you know, they're, uh, and I keep them all anonymous, you know, they're all anonymous. So no one, no one knows who, who each other are. I mean, I've worked, I'm, I'm working with some people that are, are, um, very active on the Megan Walsh case, um, 
I've worked with people that, that uh, John Walsh. Oh, John Walsh, the, 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 the journalist. Yeah. The What's his case? Most wanted, the national. Oh, you don't know about that case. Oh, mm. Greg, you need this to we, start looking this, at Megan Walsh. <laughs> well, this is, this is why, this is why this is no coincidence. All my meetings are not coincidence. There's a reason that, uh, that we stumbled upon each other. So go ahead. Tell me about John Walsh. I'm curious. Uh, I don't, I don't even know, know if I feel comfortable talking about that. That makes me, well, he's, he's the well, Antichrist well, to me. I don't know. Well, don't do, uh, wait a minute, I'm thinking of John Walsh that did the, the report on, on, you know, what is a woman? Is it that John Walsh or we're talking about a different John Walsh? We're talking about Nick Mack, like um, National uh, Exploited and Missing Children, John Walsh. Um, okay, we're talking about two America's, different people then. I'm not. I'm not familiar with this person. I'm thinking of a bearded guy who does great reports is on Fox News, things like that. Maybe it's something else, Walsh. It could be a different name. Um, hold on, watch. I will go ahead and send you. You're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, Are we doing email or, or Facebook Messenger? Facebook, real right. quick. Okay. This is, see what we do on live mind. radio, folks? We just, we just take off and do our own thing. We don't care. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Well, where are you at? I can, okay, I'll just put you in. I can play something for a minute. I should oh, okay. play something anyway. Do you, have, do you have time after the top of the hour, or do you have to go? Absolutely. I have as much time as you need for. Okay. Well, in that case, take, uh, take a minute. I'm going to mute you for a minute. Let me play a couple things, and you can send me anything. I think you already sent it to me, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm that quick. You are that quick. John Wilson. Okay, this is a different person. This is a completely different person. Oh, I think I know who this is now. Yeah. Okay, so the guy I'm thinking of is the one that uh, interviewed a bunch of liberal women, you know, who couldn't define what a woman was. That's that Walsh. That's a different Walsh. Oh, well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that. No, the one I'm talking about is a good guy. This this guy, he looks like like an Epstein. Yeah, it's evil. Look him up. He he had his own guard. Oh, my God. and I've 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 been really good friends with Megan Walsh, and she she started asking questions like why her friends were turning up missing, and you know why this, Ooh. why that, and he straight took her kids. And um, sounds like a show into itself, is, yeah. Yeah, it's deep. I can have her on the show, okay. but I mean, and she's been very very open about her her um, family drama and uh and who these people really are and it makes total sense because Lacey Newell you've also had on your show yep um it ties back into her case it is so deep and rich in in what the f is really going on like it yeah. is dark so be ready for that show. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, I, you know, uh, you're, you're going to be a wealth of, of fun information. Well, not fun, but I mean, but just all kinds of information here. We also had Sarah on. Sarah's been uh, on a couple of, both Sarah and Lacey have been on twice on the show. So this is why I'm, you know, familiar with these folks here. Um, and probably, in fact, we can get maybe the three of us on sometime. But they're incredible. Yeah, now, we actually, absolutely. Uh, you, you've also had um, Michael Volk or uh, Boyd Michael's been on for years with me. Yeah, Michael's a regular. Michael's done everything from family <laughs> law to his own investigations. We even did a Pink Floyd show one day because he's a big Pink Floyd fan. So, you know, I just, step out of the box. I don't care. You know, we have a lot of things we can talk about. One of the things I actually stumbled upon in, in conversations with some of these folks um, is the idea that you all should become family court judges. You should become a judge. Mm-hmm. 
screw them, screw the I system, should. you know, uh-huh. and, and oh, become yeah. a judge. You know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, my other friends and, 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 and especially women who have been victimized and had their kids taken at gunpoint, which has happened. Okay. You're the folks that need to become judges. Yeah. Sarah and, mm-hmm. and Lacey, same thing. Yeah. But you need to become judges and that way enter the system and then you can see how it really works unless they shut you out of it. You're right. But it would be yeah, a fascinating no, but... uh, thing. See, I want to be the first non-lawyer, non-judge uh, on the Supreme Court. First of all, can you yes. imagine my confirmation hearing? I mean, it'd be hysterical. Oh, for uh, the love of God, you would like kill it though. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, because because I know the Constitution better than most of these people, and they're so they're so steeped in their judicial. You know, they think that that Marbury versus Madison the judicial review, the idea of judges making policy, they think that's a good thing. They think that's subtle law. Mm-hmm. They haven't heard me yet. <laughs> you know, so we have things to talk about. But I, want, I don't I don't get on, on that too much. But that's but some of the folks that you know is, is quite interesting. So the podcast. Uh, where does it go? Who do you reach? Uh, you know, is it because uh, I'd, I'd love to increase my own. So I'm going to pick your brain for how to make action radio huge. I want to be in the top 10, too. You know, it'd be kind of <laughs> Absolutely. Fun. I would love yeah. to have you on. I know Mike and I, Mike is my fiance. He's also my uh, co-host, editor and engineer. He's amazing. And this is a different um, Mike than Michael Volpe, right? This is a different Michael. <clears throat> yeah, different from me. Yes. Okay. Well, bring him yeah. This is Mikael. I call him Mikael. Well, let's bring Mikael uh, yeah. on sometime. Yeah. So he's a he's a producer. He's what is the, what was that list? Sounds pretty impressive. He is Broken Girl Unchained producer, editor, engineer. He's just and my co-host. And yeah, he he's he's the one who gifted me Broken Girl Unchained because we started off as just a blog, and then we blew up. Like now we're partners wow. with Pandora Radio now. Okay. Um, so it's it's so who asked you to get married? Whose idea was it to get married? <laughs> he asked me three months after we met, actually. <gasps> now, wait a minute. Okay, yes. so here's, here's the thing. So I, I basically sworn off marriage. I figured, you know, you know, I did it once, can't recommend it. Okay. So maybe you can help me out here. I'm thinking to myself, why would I ever do this again? Why would I put myself in a position where I might have to be divorced again, go through family? Well, actually, my family car experience was minimal. I got lucky. You know, we were able to settle most issues, you know, pretty amicably, right. uh, as they say. And so did, um, so did Mike. He's, he's very open about it. And I love okay. the way that he respects the mother of his child. You know, she's a great mom. I don't personally like her as a person. <laughs> <laughs> See? But she's a great mom. She's a great okay. mom. And that's something that I respect. Yeah, and my ex treated my daughter I, very well, too. I have, I have no complaints about the way my ex treated my daughter. Me, that's a different story, which is why we're exes. But you know, but uh, but that's 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 how it goes, you know. But as long as the right. as long as the parents are good to the kids, I mean, that's that that I think that's all we can ask for. But my personal thing is, I'm thinking, you know, why? Given your experience, why would you do it again after three months of meeting somebody? If you don't mind me mm-hmm. asking, you may not want to answer that. Um, say, ask that question one more time. I want to make sure I heard that correctly. Say that again. Say that. Say that one more time. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I got I got the they give us a ninety second warning here, but we're allowed to go into overtime. So I have a, I actually have an hour of overtime, uh, which, which makes it kind of fun. <laughs> but I don't want to cover everything because I want to have you back. My question was, given your experience, given your horrible experience with the, I, I guess that was your first marriage, um, given the family court experience, given everything you've been through, you know the abuse, uh, suicide attempt, all those things. Why why get married again? Why get married to somebody who's met after paperwork. three months? I, see, I don't okay. want the paperwork. I just want Which the paperwork? party. Oh, 
I don't want I don't want I don't want it on paper saying that we're married. I don't need that. Okay, so you're not I getting married. You said fiance. That's no, what I, was I am curious. getting married, but I I am getting married, but I'm not doing it in the traditional way that Ooh, okay, our society needs, needs us to do it. I don't okay. need that to call someone my husband. See, this may work for me someday, you know, when, when, when person, my person, you know, crosses my path. And I, I say for, you know, people say to me all the time, well, Greg, you just haven't met the right person. And I'm like, well, what if I'm not the right person? And they don't have an answer for that. <laughs> you, know, no, you are the right person. I, I guess you're I'm the right, be person. the right person. Yeah, you're, you, you have to know that you are, you're going to be the right person for that person. <laughs> you know, the okay. moment, the, and, and let me answer your question. Mm-hmm. I knew the moment I wanted to get married, the moment I laid my eyes on him. I knew okay. from that moment I wanted to marry him. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be his other half. I wanted to walk through that life with him. I wanted mm-hmm. to. He he makes me laugh, and I'm goofier than I've ever been. And I I and I pride myself on it. I'm airheaded. I'm dingy. I'm clumsy. I'm see, I love messy. This, I love those qualities. <laughs> I'm like ADHD totally too. But I see. I think. See. I think. And this is you just for a perfect example of what I say all the time. If you love somebody's faults, the rest is easy. Because mm-hmm. you don't think of them as faults. They're they're like quirks. They're they're personality characteristics. They're endearing qualities. Okay. This is really good. I'm really happy for you. This is encouraging. Thank you. Thank you. Because you know what? This guy has really, really seen it all. He's seen me fall on my knees and, mm-hmm. you know, beg God to give me back my children. He has yeah. seen me so broken and he's mm-hmm. watching me put myself back together again. And he's loving it, you know, and he's like so proud of me. And he tells me all the time, you know, I go out to LA by myself and, you know, without him, and you know, I'll do shows, which is why I don't have my mic hooked up. Is because well, I, I host it. That's the thing. Yeah. He trusts you. Let's let's give him a round of applause. Too. <laughs> That's for you, Michael. Nice job. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we can come back. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to mute your line, and that way you can make lots of noise, and I'll play a couple things, and we shall return. This is fun. This is you know. <laughs> Three hours, then we're going four hours. It's like, I love it. I, I can never get enough radio. All right. We're with Juliet Ramos, and we'll be <laughs> back in just up. a little Okay, good. Just a little bit. You got two hosts here. This is why we're having no time filling the airtime here, because we're both, you know, you get two hosts together in, in, on the same microphone. Yeah, it gets crazy. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me just, I gotta, actually, I haven't really scrolled up all my stuff here, so let me get, uh, let me get ready and play a couple things here. This is kind of a, a spontaneous uh, thing. But anyway, first thing, though, we need sponsors for our show. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, 
so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. My Pillow Pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elba Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Joe Biden's Dark Winter No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. 
every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Yeah, baby. Juliet Ramos, and let's make her line live. And uh, yeah, see all the fun we have here? This is what happens when, when I, I learn production. <laughs> I just do stuff. <laughs> I love it. All right. So you're going to send me, I guess, John Walsh, did you send me anything else? I was, I was sort of like working the, yeah, the board I and doing did. stuff. Oh, here I we go. I an yeah. article. Oh. Uh, yeah. But it's a ploy. Mm-hmm. It's a ploy to cover up. <laughs> I, I think I think he killed his own son. That's what I think. Wow. I think it's all and what satanic rituals and I'm just going to be honest. It sounds crazy because us people we we, we don't have the mental capacity to even understand it, but mm-hmm. it's so real. It is so real, and um, just like the, there's bad, there has to be good, you know, and that's well, there where. Is. But people, yeah. it's like you were saying, people don't understand, you know, or they don't want to deal with family court. I think a lot of people have such a miserable experience, they just want to get away from it. They don't want to think about it again. I don't know anybody that right. had a good That's experience it. with family court, so it's like a universal. But people don't understand evil. You know, they, they, they haven't seen the dark side. They haven't seen the, uh, the psychopaths. You know, most people come from, you know, not perfect families because there isn't such a thing. But, you know, they, they, you know, the parents care about the kids. You know, they, they muddled through. They did stupid things. Goofy stuff happened. You know, they have things, well, didn't quite, you know, they, they have stuff to complain about. Didn't quite go exactly as, as they expected. But the, most people muddle through and they try their best and, you know, and they're okay. Now mm-hmm. <laughs> that's them. <laughs> you know, the rest of us, <laughs> we have a different story. You know, I know. We have, you know, I, you we have know, seen dark and evil and horrible. Go ahead. Started in this, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want to learn any of it. I mm. didn't want to even. I, I. I had no desire to learn law. It was well, how was your family? How was your family growing up? If you I'm don't sorry? mind me asking, how was your family growing up? Who, Were they decent uh, folks, pretty much, or no? I mean, you no. Know, my again. my mom is narcissistic. Okay. And um, I grew up in group homes, and yeah. Okay. And my my life was really tough. So and, there you go. Um, my dad. So this this explains. Dad, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I believe I was a target from the get go, mm-hmm. and um, and it, 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 it's generational. So um, it, it's just well. That's why you became an empath. It's, you know, your empath right. comes from your your narcissistic background. I'm in the same way. You know, I mean, I'm really sensitive to what other folks do because I, I learned at a very early age that I was responsible for my parents' happiness. I was responsible for their emotional well-being. I was five years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You don't do that wow. to kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I understand, yeah. you know, the whole range well, of, of abuse of, that I thought was childhood. normal. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Half of my childhood, I was in trauma because either I was being sexually molested by my brothers and oh that God, lived with sorry. my mom yeah. and then thank you and then um my uh my mom was also being abusive to me i should have been taken away from my mom a long time ago like i don't know what what the f is wrong with these people like taking my children away based on a call for my abuser this came from mm-hmm. my abuser you mm-hmm. know and um 
It's well, that's because they have in common. They have everything in common with your abuser, nothing in common with you. You know, you're a decent person, you're right. an empath, you're, you're sensitive to people's needs, you understand what's going on, you know, and you're not one of them. You're not one of the, the psychopaths in the cave, but they are. Right. <laughs> so you're not in the club. I okay. I know. But How do you fight these? They're demons. They're uh, demons. You, you, you beat them at their own game, and I'll, I'll tell you some stories right. here. <laughs> but there are ways yeah, to do it. No, I agree. Um, but you have to you have to understand them, and you you have to you almost develop uh, sort of like a dual personality. In other words, you treat everybody nice who's nice, but the people that you know f with you, <laughs> you find the expression. Uh, they they uh, then you, you you change modes, and and I I hate to admit this, but it's true. I have a dark side for anybody that screws around with me. I really do, and it's just and it's just self defense. It just it, it came after years of. Uh, of learning about psychological warfare by being the victim. Well, I don't have to yeah. be a victim anymore. And I would never do that to a normal person. I would never subject anybody to the things that I know I can subject people to. And nobody bothers me now. It's really, I don't have to do this, but I'm just saying the capacity is there. If someone comes right. into my life right. and really wants to screw around with me, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm capable of, but just, just know that I'm capable of it. <laughs> I'm not going to give the details right now. Yeah. But let, let me take it ahead. back. Let me take it back to something you said earlier. You, you, you made a statement that has stuck with me and you hmm. said, well, you, you have to earn that respect in court. You know, we're talking about court and you said, uh, if you want respect, you have to give it or something like that. I don't remember. No, I said relationships exactly. are, are give and take. One person gives, the other person takes. That's what I said about that. Right, right, right. But, but that's, we not, the, that's not what you were saying. Yeah. What about no. the judges? Um, what did I say? Yeah, we were talking about the judges. And I think it was more like if you're dishonorable or honorable or whatnot. But let me, let me, let me focus on that real quick. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, these people kidnapped our children and they expect us to be respectfully okay with that and not to have any emotion in court not to have you know Mm, do they though or do they do it so that you will react in court so that you will appear irrational so they can use that against you yeah see i think it's part of the psychological Mm -hmm. warfare I think it's part of the abuse. In other words, they, they put you in a position that a normal person will not act normally, and then they can say you're not normal. See, they, they've already figured right. this out. That's the game plan. So what you have to be right. able to do is to appear perfectly normal, and you've got to freak them out. You've got to do things that they, they, that they haven't gotten their game plan because these people are not reactive. They are programmed. Right. Okay, so narcissists right. are programmed. programmed. So you've got to upset their programming. So I'm giving away all the secrets now. <laughs> but once you upset their programming, if you're like, oh, I don't care about my kids, eh, no problem. Go ahead take them. You know, I mean, I, I know yeah. you can't say that, but, cause, but the thing is they've already done it. So you have nothing to lose mm-hmm. by freaking them out and being unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And, no. you know, the, these judges are just half and sick and twisted or even more so mm-hmm. than our abusers. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're sitting on the do... bench. Yeah, but you can make suggestions for things like, you know, if I want to if I want to confuse people, I'll say, well, what do you think of Nancy Pelosi sleeping with fuzzy blue teddy bears? You've already got the image (laughs) in your head. Okay, you can't get that image out of your head. Now you're thinking of Nancy Pelosi sleeping with fuzzy blue teddy bears. Does she? I have no idea. I don't care. That's not the point. The point is that it's easy to put suggestions in people's heads. So you you can look at the judge and ask him something like that. Are you wearing underwear today? You know, I mean, just, huh? (laughs) You know, and it'll totally throw them off their game plan. 
Right. I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing that necessarily, but you got to find something, especially if you look up uh, who these people are. If you find something in the background, you know, and you say, hey, did you make your alimony payment? It's due on the 4th. You know, I mean, just. The straight up question should be, Your Honor, did you take an oath to defend the Constitution? Mm -hmm. Boom, mic dropped right there. Because if they're breaking their own oath of office by not giving me my due process. Mm-hmm. And that's I got a different, I got a different question for you. Kids. I got yeah, a different go question ahead. for you. Yeah, no, because I think you're on the right track. But I wouldn't give them the option because, of course, they're going to say, yes, I, I honor my oath to the Constitution. I would, I would rephrase it this way. Tell me what you think. I would say, Your Honor, do you realize how many times you violated your oath to the Constitution today? Mm-hmm. Call them out on it, huh? So now that's an open question. It doesn't matter whether they have or not. You've got to, right. they're thinking, you know, and that's in the record. Your Honor, do you know how many times you've violated the Constitution today? And of course, they'll say, right. oh, I haven't violated the Constitution at all. And you just look at them and go, uh-huh. So now you put doubt in their heads. This is how it right. works. This is how, you, this is how you make narcissists confused. I love it. I love it. You have to tell me all your little secret weapons off the air. Well, I, okay. well, well, yeah. But the thing is, we, I, mean, I can we say can't, openly we can't now. Give them my ammo. <laughs> yeah, no, but see, see, but this, it doesn't matter because you're gonna you're gonna pick a different question for a different situation. You're gonna adapt. Right. This. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only people who are gonna listen to mm-hmm. the empath. See, the narcissists think they know everything. That's part of the that's part of the way you can defeat them. They know everything. Right. They they they're so right. they think they're so smart. And the more dumb you play mm-hmm. until you ask that question. See, I, so part of my success here, and I don't know whether it's, you know, my own upbringing or whatever, I am very disarming. I'll ask very, you know, nonchalant questions and then come up with something devastating, but I'll use exactly the same voice. You can't tell when mm-hmm. I'm asking you, you know, when, when the scalpel's out or when I'm just being nice. <laughs> you know, uh, see, I have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that because I'm a mm-hmm. empath, so my emotion is in my voice, mm-hmm. you know? So um, that's 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 the part I'm trying to conquer in, um, in my role as the Falcon. I'm supposed to take the emotion out of my voice, and it's really hard for me. I can't do that. <laughs> no, the emotion in your voice so, is to your credit. But it, you know, as they say in Star Wars, you know, mm, Yoda would say that it might betray you. Your feelings do. Mm, be strong in the Force. You must. That's my Yoda. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, but I the, love it. but. You know, it's just and so in other words, uh, but a lobbyist is different than uh, than a psychological warrior. You use psychological warfare to defend yourself. You use lobbying to bring freedom to everybody. That's what we do here. We use freedom. You know, and in fact, we, the whole point of all our bills is they have to create more freedom. They have to be equal. They have to create more freedom. And ideally, they won't cost anything. You look at some right. of the things we do. Constitutional amendment to balance to not balance budget. Excuse me, a constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That's one of our uh, mm-hmm. one of our biggest bills. Okay, that will change everything. It doesn't cost us anything. It costs Congress everything. It's going to stop them right. from abusing us. But we're on a path of economic suicide, and they're putting they're economic traitors. They they, they put us on a, on this path that is guaranteed to destroy our economy. And the only way to stop them is to take away uh, take away the means for them to do that. And we take away their power to borrow money. Okay. That's See, a very I'm having big a hard bill. time understanding that. Why would you want that for your country? I'm just like these are people mm. that are in office, and they're okay. They're, I mean, well, you I, tell me. You tell me. Look at look at government people <laughs> as a like, unit. Look at judges. Look at members of Congress. Look at bureaucrats. Tell me what they all have in common. You're an empath. You know this already. 
I don't know. They're all um, narcissistic and okay. pedophiles. So what drives them? What drives a narcissist? <laughs> what drives a narcissist? Um, trauma. I think they're they're psychologically traumatized as a child. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought. I was thinking power myself. I think they're driven by power. Oh. I think they're driven exclusively by power. I think that they're driven by other people who want the same things they do, and they want power. I think they're psychologically psychologically deprived of humanity. Therefore, they can do horrible right. things. You know, how could Dr. Right. Fascist? No, no, we, no, we call no, him Dr. Fascist. Right how could he do what? How could he do what I, he does? I think I just went a little bit deeper. <laughs> okay. Well, keep going. So, so we got two empath warriors here. Let's keep going and see where we get. So what's yeah, really behind absolutely. it? I, I honestly feel like, you know, they're, 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 Go ahead. they've been so uh, psychologically damaged and deprived and they don't know love. So therefore, how can they give it? You know, so that's how I, so I don't even is, Here's a fascinating thing that you just that you just said, but I want to phrase it in a question as we do Jeopardy here. Do, 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 do. Is control of other people the opposite of love? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a form mm-hmm. of abuse. Controlling someone is a form of abuse. They're abusers. These people are abu- abusers themselves. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. My judge is abusing me. Judge Jack Jacobson of Stanislaus County Family mm-hmm. Court is abusing me and my children and neglecting my children. And yeah. everybody involved should be federally indicted. We're going to work on that, too. Uh, the, the only question I have for names is if they're on the public record, you can mention them. Uh, if you're speculating, say you're speculating. If it's fact, say it's fact. And I just like to make it clear for everybody so they understand. Uh, we also have a lot of listeners growing in Australia, Canada, and England because uh, they're being oppressed right now by their own governments. So we're, we're gaining some mm-hmm. ground internationally uh, as well as a bunch of other countries. Anyway, so, yeah, but that's, that's my only thing when it comes to people and, you know, on the record stuff. Yeah, well, on the record, this is a fact, and um, I'm speaking firsthand knowledge, sight, see, okay. smell. Mm-hmm. And um, that's for the record. He is abusing me. And the, the, I have the, the head of mediation following my Instagram account. <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> well, let's talk about <laughs> mediation. You know, if we get rid of family court, uh, should divorces all be by, like you said, by uh, a jury trial? Or should it, it be should by be- or like a, a civil jury trial? Or how do we do it? It should be in the hands of the jury, and we should be afforded a counsel just like if we were to break break the law and, you know, cr- uh, crimes have been committed or whatever. We're being charged for a crime. My children are being held on bond. I'm being held on bond. Mm-hmm. You know, that – they're they're very strategic in this process, and what I've ex- what I'm experiencing is they're straight speaking. The this is where it gets deep. They're straight, and uh, this is where I sound crazy. Judges, okay, law is Latin, right? Mm-hmm. Latin is the language of the devil, right? So why is that? If you go. The Roman Empire spoke I, Latin. I, Roman Empire I, I, brought I, uh, the Republic to us, Cicero. I, I believe Latin that. Be... I, I know okay. that to be true, but 
are, are I do know that to be true, but I'm just saying like it, it this this language is all it's so deep designed to throw us off so we don't understand it. You know, well, that's and, what Catholic um, mass was in Latin. A lot of legal terms are in Latin. So I'll grant you that people use Latin in ways that are nefarious. But I don't think Latin itself, the language, like I say, the same language was used by Roman philosophers, Roman, you know, really good people that created a republic, you know, as opposed to a democracy. Because republic is the way well, to go. So we are a republic. In family, law, in family law, they're operating off of Roman law. And they're, the courts are Vatican banks. So what what we're actually dealing with, we're not dealing with with facts and 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 all the stuff that they say, you know, a trial, you know, a conviction of a grand jury, whatever. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that um, this is all contract law. It's all contract law. So what what I'm well, that's what marriage is. is. Right. The contract. Now, I don't buy that the courts are Vatican controlled or they're all registered in England and the Queen ran everything. There's a, there's a line that uh, that gets crossed. We're not. Uh, there's no such thing as a state sovereign that's not part of the United States. The U.S. is not a corporation headquartered in Washington. None of this stuff makes any sense to me. No, I know it's that, out there. But, the but once are, you cross that line, what's that? The courts are. How are the courts? And the How are the courts, courts part of the are, Vatican? No, no, no. I'm saying the the courts are an organization. They are a um, corporation. See, I, I don't buy that, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, we do have a constitution. It is still the supreme law of the land. You can still enforce the constitution in court. Whether it's done or not is a different question. But the idea of the courts being a corporation, that would mean they have shareholders. That would mean they have a corporate charter. That means they're chartered by a government organization. That means they have profits and loss, and they might be either private or on the stock market. How are the courts a corporation? Bingo. Bingo. What? You nailed it. Okay. Because, listen... A, a, a judge has 90 days to close out a case, and they get paid on it. They have personal interest. Now, I'm not saying they don't operate like a business, but I don't think they are. That's what a I'm business. saying. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay, so let let's make that really clear for people, because a lot of folks right. would think that our our legal system is run out of uh, you know some British office, and that uh, you know the Vatican no, controls everything. No. no, so I want to make that really clear, because okay, so okay. now I yes. now, now we can talk more. <laughs> That was very important to to to, <laughs> no, to get no. across. Okay, no, and, good. You know, so they I, are. I agree with you. Too. All right. I'm just like okay. too. So you have to. Yeah, I have to be careful with my wording ADHD, because sometimes I, I, yeah, yeah. I live for ADHD. Yeah, it governs the show. <laughs> That's why I said my promo, we're part of the ADHD radio network. No one's picked up on that. No one's ever said, hey, Craig, what are you talking about? What do you mean the ADHD radio? Yeah, and I just say these things just to see who's listening. You know, it's right? just, it just kind of funny. Anyway, so I'm, I'm with you. Trust me. Nobody on this show, is, uh, there's not a person here that isn't hyperactive, ADHD, you know, uh, has all kinds of either empath or something. There's all these things that we all share. It's really fascinating, the group that's coming here. And we all believe it, in God. It definitely <laughs> is. That's why I always say that my life, I, I see the world as Alice in Wonderland. I am not okay. kidding because we are no, all you. mad here. We're all crazy and <laughs> no, no. Actually, it's reversed. You know? That actually, Alice in Wonderland was right. The crazy people are normal, and the normal people are crazy. Do you know what it takes to be normal in this society? To be normal, you have to be in a marriage you don't like, a job you don't like. You have to have car payments, a mortgage that you can't afford. You have to have a family you can't stand, and yet you associate with those people all the time. That's normal. 
but, but that's crazy. <laughs> it is. It sounds so freaking crazy, but so true. No, no, the crazy people are the only happy ones because the normal people are trying so hard to be normal. They're actually being driven crazy. While as the crazy people, we do what we want because we don't care. We're actually the only people who are happily normal. Think about it. Right? <laughs> I just love you. <laughs> oh, I love you, too. I'm so glad you're on the show. We're, we're going to be great friends, I can tell. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is definitely going to be fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, going back to all of that, it's all contract law. I mm-hmm. think if, if someone is a pro-per litigant that is self-representing themselves, I think the first steps you should do is, A, ma- master your docket. Know what's going in, what's going out. You know, um, look at stamps, dates, times, everything. I, I mean, dissect your docket. Then um, you mastered the rules of the court, you know, um, and the California rules of the court or whatever state that you're in or whatever. Um, and then you master your constitutional law. Then you pull in your contract law. Because I've had this conversation over and over with um, Mike, my fiance, and I I keep telling him, like, no, if if the Constitution, if a law, not the Constitution, if the law doesn't fall in compliance of the Constitution, it's not a freaking law. Yep. It should not be the law. Well, the Supreme you Court know, actually because... said that, and but I have no, I have other problems with them. But yeah, but something. So the so the the, um, the the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Any Supreme Court decision or any court decision is subordinate to the Constitution. Absolutely. So if the Constitutions don't agree, then that's that's the court's problem. Any any legislation mm-hmm. that put out by any level of government <clears throat> is subordinate to the Constitution. Any executive mm-hmm. order, any anything that the police officer tells you is subordinate to the Constitution. That is the mm-hmm. supreme law of the land. But right. I, you said something exactly. fascinating here. I want I want to explore this a little more about uh, marriage and, and being because marriage is a contract. This is why marriage is not a right. So all you folks that talk about gay marriage and all you talk about marriage being a right, no, there's no such thing. It's a contract because only rights can only mm-hmm. be exercised by individuals. And so therefore, mm-hmm. because a marriage involves two people, ideally a man and a woman, sanctioned by God, and maybe not or not licensed by the state. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But a uh, man and a woman licensed by God, you know, forming a relationship, a bond. You know, hopefully for for family and kids and everything else, but a bond nonetheless, nonetheless between two people. Okay, legally, well, I don't. Well, we got to talk about that too. But it's a contract. Okay, and whether you certify it with mm-hmm. the state or not, it's still a contract. So it should be handled by contract mm-hmm. law. Now, how would how would if a, if a, if a dissolution of a marriage were handled the same way as a dissolution by a corporation were handled? If there mm-hmm. were no family court, what do you think? You see, where I'm going with this. I do. I like your. So thought what process. if? So what if we wrote a bill that family that the divorce is handled by the same courts that handle dissolution of companies and the dispersion yep. of assets? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think? Mm. Mm. I just don't. I don't believe in um, creating a law because you're creating something that something that someone else can break. They'll find a way to well, break. Of course you can. It. I don't you know. Yeah. That's the only thing I I just I really do feel that family mm-hmm. law should be or family court should be abolished. I really do feel that any domestic violence cases that are disillusion of marriages should be handled in an article 3 federal court where we're mm-hmm. more protected and or state um, court. I I think state yeah. courts are better. I think federal federal government has no jurisdiction over divorce. 
Because if it's not in the Constitution, they have no jurisdiction. Article 1, Section 8, that's it. Yeah. That's why I think we can't find any um, uh, redress. You know, I've been seeking redress. I'm invoking my First Amendment right, left and right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that no one is picking up on this. And I think it's because they don't have any jurisdiction. Well, maybe you're looking at the wrong amendment. Did you ever think of the, the, this is actually a Fourth Amendment case, not a First Amendment case? You're asking for your right of free speech to say what you want, but I think you're actually a Fourth Amendment case. And I'll, let me read it to you here, and I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Here we go. Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, that's you, houses, uh-huh. papers, and effects. It should say children, too, but, uh, you know, against unreasonable no, right. searches and seizures. Okay, so basically your kids were seized. Now, unreasonable, if you look up unreasonable in a 1700s dictionary, it does not mean, you know, there was no reason for it. It means there was no warrant for it. So the right. reason is the so warrant and reason are actually substitutable terms when the Constitution was written. So let me read this as it would, it would be in, in modern language, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers and effects against unwarranted against, you know, searches without warrant. Searches and seizures shall not be violated. So in other words, your kids were taken without, did they have an arrest warrant? Did they actually have a, a you know, and what's no, the in the, no. Okay, so there you go. So this is a Fourth yeah. Amendment case. You want to break some new laws? Let's, let's, talk, to your, let's, do, let's talk to your legal team. That what happened to you, First Amendment, yes, you have the right of free speech. Okay, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. But in this case, and they did not have a speech. warrant. You have a warrant. Okay, not only, so that what they made was a, a, a search. They made an illegal seizure. That's a Fourth Amendment violation. We talked to Jonathan about that. And what was the probable cause? And which judge signed off, which criminal judge, not family court judge, but which criminal law judge, Article Three court, signed off to to, uh, conduct the search and the seizure? Yep. There's your case. Yeah. Yeah. There's my case right there. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's see. Yeah. Let's see what else we've got. Here's another one, too. Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for a capital otherwise infamous crime unless presented uh, on indictment of a grand jury. Did you ever uh, go before a grand jury? No, I have not. Okay. Except in cases arising from land or naval forces, da, 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 da. nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy, that's a double jeopardy clause, of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself which in your case is herself. Yep. Have you ever been compelled to be a witness against yourself? Have you ever been made to self-incriminate? I am right now. <laughs> okay. I, so I'm that's a Fifth to... Amendment. That's a violation of your Fifth Amendment rights. Yep. Isn't this a great conversation? You, you, Look at all this stuff we're covering. Okay. I'm here to help. That's what I, I do. I know. I know. Yeah. And this is the problem that no one's doing anything about it. Well, where's your legal you team? Know, How come they I... haven't told you this? <laughs> Not, nothing is your legal team. They, they dropped the ball here. Juliet, no, well, your legal no, team? my legal teams we're we're all about well, not we, but you know they are all about um, uh, process and procedure. You know, mm-hmm. so right now what we have done, we just finished laying down the record for my county. So I'm seeking mm-hmm. redress agreements in uh, in my county. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, sorry, I was reading a text. Um, no, okay. So now I'm, oh, I'm distracted I'm, I'm from my show. Just, oh, for shame! I'm, just kidding you. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm on air. Um, on the air, so, we're doing stuff. Uh, well, we should probably tie right. it up soon. Um, but uh, this has been, right. been fascinating. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. And no, we're good. So, 
but yeah, but what, what I'm doing right now is I'm laying down the record for my county. And mm-hmm. um, since they're denying jurisdiction and they're denying prosecution of these crimes, then that means I can go to another county. Either I go mm-hmm. to another county or I go to my state. So now um, since I have all, I have 3,500 women behind me, mm-hmm. you know, that have the same stories, the same stuff not filed, this pattern in practice, and this is the mm-hmm. handbook that they're following to kidnap our children. So this is very well calculated and, 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 and just strategically designed to break us down mentally, physically, financially. And um, so we well, it's racketeering. Right. It's racketeering right. is what it is. So in other words, in fact, Michael tried to write a bill on it. Uh, it's, it's, it's not where I need it to be. So if you want to do a, a bill on and your legal folks and uh, anybody and, and any of these 3,500 women can work on a, on a bill that prosecutes family court under the racketeering statutes for child sex trafficking, for de- deprivation of rights, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, of uh, yeah. you know, life, liberty, and all that kind of good stuff, of, of redress of grievances oh. you can't, of not being an Article Three court, of not constituting, of, being, of just basically making stuff up, of operating outside the Constitution. You've got a pretty good case mm-hmm. for racketeering of systematic oh, violations yeah, of rights, sure. you know, to make money. That's what racketeering is. Racketeering is a systematic yep. violation of, of the law for money. This falls into the 1983 claim for sure. Okay. What's that? So it, it, it's, it's case law. Uh, oh, oh, that's for another show. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll save it for that. It's yeah. definitely okay. for another show. It's to break okay. it down for you, it, it all comes out to racketeering. And it, it, what this really, really comes down to is mm-hmm. hate crimes under the color of law. Well, because which reminds me of two. Positive. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, there's there's two statutes I want you to look up in the U.S. Code, Title 18, Section 241 and 242. Have you heard of these? No, I have not. Can you okay, can these, you text that to me? <laughs> yeah, of course I will. Oh yeah, I'll I'll send you the links. Title 18, okay. Section 241 and 242 is conspiracy against rights and conspiracy against rights under color of law. These are probably two of the most powerful yet underused laws uh, in existence, and they're federal. So basically, Title 18, 241 says, whenever two or more people conspire to oppress the exercise or enjoyment of any constitutional right, they have violated federal law, they're subject to, I think, a year in prison, $10,000 fine, et cetera, et cetera. Um, That would include all of your family court people. Because it doesn't say, you know, go ahead. Who's going to pick up this case? Who's going to pick up these charges? That's, that's the tough federal part. federal indictments right there. Yeah. I know it's a federal indictment. Uh, and I'm wondering, we might have to bring this down to the state level. The second one is 242. Any, any, federal, any law enforcement officer acting under color of law, in other words, the authority of law, the authority of law enforcement to deprive anyone of their constitutional rights is also guilty of the same thing, and it means fines and imprisonment. I don't know how we adapt these to state courts and family court. I'm just saying these statutes exist. This is what I mean. They're underutilized, but they're very powerful. And mm-hmm. so the, the, we need to adapt these down to the state level, uh, or I'm not sure. This is where we need uh, a really good, we need a criminal, we need, you know, Jonathan or, or some really good criminal lawyers, because I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on right. the radio and write legislation and, you know, do what I do. But you know um, what? But, I know my mm-hmm. constitution. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. That's you a good know, thing. Okay. So it's like, that, that's all that really I need to get, yeah. you know. Okay. Throw, I, I don't need to throw some case law or anything like that. 
all I know is that I know my constitution. I know my my civil rights, my bill of rights, which are the first 10 amendments of our constitution, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like what what these people are doing is just they're targeting a specific class and they're discriminating because, okay, let's, let's, let's say I was hypothetically, let's say I was suicidal the day that my children were taken away from me, which Mm -hmm. my ex-husband weaponized my past mental health and used it against me in in our child custody case, right? So uh, let's say I was suicidal. My children weren't in the home, and that my children were taken away from me. I am mm-hmm. being discriminated against for my mental illness, you know, because he my children were were not there when I was taken. Well, this may you have know? caused so your mental illness too. Did you ever think of that? That that, that these actions caused it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It so, would cause any mom. It would so cause that's, so what I'm mom. saying is that's I your defense. That, 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 yeah. this, that what he was doing, what the courts are doing is so traumatic, they actually cause mental illness. So you got to make sure mm-hmm. this makes you the victim rather than the perpetrator. That's what I'm trying to turn around. Right, right. I love yeah. your thought process on that. I need to work with okay. you more. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, listen, let's, let's hold. I just got a couple more questions for you um, just because I'm curious. You were on Fox News. You, are you one of those people that get like 30 seconds to speak or, or what did they do with you? No, actually, they run. They they contacted me. They wanted to run an article on me. And uh-huh. um, it was real quick, just a few short questions and bada bing, bada boom. You know, and then I was, my article was uh, Through the Looking Glass of the 5150. Mm-hmm. Um, it was number one in Healers Magazine, which is an online publication, and um, mm-hmm. still holds number one in, in their, on their platform. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like, uh, those are all of my achievements. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud of. No, they're wonderful. They're smart. Yeah. What's an influencer? That's my, I think I'm curious how that works. I, I want to be, I I want to be one. Oh, okay. I don't even know. I don't even I know what an influencer is. That's what everybody calls me. I'm just like, okay, I'll roll with it. Really? Okay. <laughs> See, I want to influence it, it, legislation cool. in a big way. <laughs> You know, you know, because we write enough of it here. You know, okay. Well, let me just put in a, a really shameless plug uh, for me. If you, if you want to help us out, the probably the best thing is the one thing we don't have is marketing. You know, I've, we've got the ideas, we've got the legislation, we've got the websites, we've got the show, we've got everything we need. It's just that not enough people know about us. And so what, what I'm I'm thinking this is a uh, ideally a multi-million international. We we we're heard in over 50 countries, but not but not by enough people. And so what I need to do is get the whole concept of citizen legislation out there that anybody, and I do mean in any country. Well, maybe the Muslim countries, you guys better be careful. I don't want anybody killed over this. Or China, same thing. But the point is that there are many places in the world where people can actually write the laws they consent to be governed by. You're not guaranteed to get them, but at least you can go in the legislative process and, and reverse what goes on now. So what happens here? Special interests buy their laws from Congress. Congress send the president, president of the regulatory agencies. Regulatory agencies regulate the people. Well, I want to reverse that. I want to have the people write the laws. We send them to Congress. Hopefully, they'll get passed and go to the president. And then the regulatory agencies will, re- will regulate the special interests. That's how I'm hoping well, to do here. Plus, it has to be a, in public, a public, um, a public, um, for my, for, I, I'm, I'm talking about like for 
my, you know, a public interest. That's what I'm saying. It has to be mm-hmm. of the public interest to really catch um, some, 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 you know, feedback and some, you know, ripples in the waves there, you know, because I mean, there's just so many uh, podcasts and there's so many, um, uh, you know, stations uh, that, you know, I don't want to come off either as like a sovereign citizen because I'm not, I'm just, no, you're not, no. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. What I'm saying, what I'm hoping to to do, this is pretty shameless of me too, is that uh, if you can give me any suggestions or help as to how I can help us get our message out more, because yeah. our success really depends on millions of people sending bill links into Congress and the media and the state legislatures and the local government saying, "I want this bill." That's what that's what we're that's what have trying you, to get. Have you have you have you been successful with with pushing those bills? We got a lot I mean, of bills how, written. We got a lot of bills out there, but no. And in, in terms of, and this is the thing too. But people uh, getting a bill passed is like the last stage. That's the end product. The real product is convincing people that they have the power to do this. It's it's getting us on right. media. It's having media report solutions instead of just problems. I created a new category called conservative news advocate. So so there are no journalists mm-hmm. anymore. There are leftist Marxist you know journalists home, or reporters who are who are towing the Marxist Democrat line. Okay, opposed by mm-hmm. You know, conservative journalists who think they're they're trying to be journalists, they're trying to be impartial. Well, it's too late for that. Country can't survive mm-hmm. that. You can't have one side being propagandist, yeah. working with the power, and another side trying to be altruistic. It doesn't work. We we don't have that. So what we need are conservative news advocates that not only report the problems, they report a solution. You know, mm-hmm. in other words, they say that uh, here we have this this massive. I mean, pick one. Ukraine war. What we really need is a congressional investigation looking into where all the money goes. You know, so report the solution. Uh, in fact, some of the solutions are us. You know, so many people died or injured because of the, the COVID shot. Well, there's a bill that would t- put full product liability back on vaccine manufacturers. That's right. right. So that's what I'm saying. Right. I want to get to the point where we do that, and then Congress is going to pass the bill. So I'm going to do it. So in other words, we're, we're extremely successful with where we are now. We just have not we've, – we've got to break in the mainstream. We've got to get on the news. We've got to get the pollsters polling us. We've got to get the reporters talking about us. We have to get people in Congress worried that if they don't look at our legislation, you know, we, we need to be more powerful than lobbyists with the money. That's the challenge. Yeah, I, and absolutely. And I think, you know, um, I have a couple of uh, thoughts that would be very, very powerful um, okay. And that, that's something I, I would like to process more about, because I think with your show in conjunction with my show and my platform uh-huh. and, um, you know, I really do think that we would be a dynamic and powerful resource for, you know, citizens in our nation, you uh-huh. know, and I agree. Absolutely. I, I Love it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk off the air. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put together yeah, details. But, uh, yeah. but there is no citizen legislative platform attached to a radio show. We're it. So we are unique in the world. And you're unique in the world because it. of your vision and your power and everything that you do and the things that you've been able to accomplish. So we've got two, two unique people. This is a good meeting. <laughs> you know, for all those that are listening in, we're creating something here, folks. This is what we do here on Action Radio. We're, 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 this is magic right now. <laughs> yeah, sure is. But this is, this is why I created this, to create a situation where magic could occur. 
this is what yeah. I was hoping would happen. And the fact that you're here now and we're talking about all this stuff, I'm like, going, oh, boy, <laughs> this is really exciting. You know, we're going to the impact that uh, that I've dreamed about is going to happen. And it's, it's really nice to see. So thank you. You know, bless you yeah, for, for, for being who you are and, and being here. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And it was a pleasure being on your show and you're going to be on mine. I already know it. <laughs> Good. Can't wait. And are you um, video or yeah, audio? We, do I do I have to like wear clean clothes? Well, and, we're both my... actually. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Yeah, and that's I have my Zoom outfit and I have my like uh, radio outfit. They're not the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's in his birthday suit. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's not that bad. No, no, no. I'm, I'm wearing clothes. I just you know, they're just the it's a grubby T-shirt and the shorts and the whole bit. I'm just kind of sitting here. You're the next Hugh Hefner. Don't lie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, actually, that would be funny. I'll, I'll do like a Hugh Hefner show. I'll, well, in fact, I'll do that with uh, Dorothy, our, our sex and sensuality reporter. I say, look, I'm in my my Hugh oh, Hefner yeah, pajamas. Oh yeah, Let's talk. Yeah, okay, that'd be fun. Yeah, well, I'll just suggest things. So that, you know, it's like, yeah. By the way, I'm wearing my ascot. We're going to talk exclusively here. You know, talk about cars. And, you know, okay, yeah. All right, darling. Oh, let's do it so again you're soon. an all men show. You're an all men show. It sounds like. No, you talk about cars, more women on the show. About... There's more. There's more women than men. But you know, it's interesting. Uh, I just like intelligent people, and I don't know who or why or how they gravitate. We're doing a lot of wellness stuff right now, but we also do cruise uh-huh. and travel, although Shelby's taking a bit of a break right now. Uh, she tried out for Love Boat. <laughs> She's like the world's greatest cruise director, wanted to be on the new Oh, TV no, show. I worked with a, I worked my jewelry designer, um, Steve Sosko. He designed all the jewelry for Show Boat, Dynasty. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, factory girl. I think we all know the same people, or, or all the people we know are connected. All the people that you know, and it's like it's a small world. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, but anyway, okay, we do a lot of different you. things. Yeah, I'll send you the schedule. Yeah. I'll send you the schedule of what we do here. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. I any love it. contact information, websites, anything you want to share, and then uh, yeah, we'll do it again uh, next time. Yeah, everyone can find me at Broken Girl Unchained. Broken Girl looks like it's all one word, but I wanted to do something creative, so I capitalized the G and combined it with broken. So of broken course girl you unchained. did. <laughs> You've got to be unique. No, I, I I'm love my it. own yeah. box. I make my own rules. I don't need to fit anyone else's narrative. Isn't fun? <laughs> or as I say, yeah, think it, like it there, you know, when someone says, do you think outside the box? I say, what's a box? <laughs> you know, there is no box. <laughs> There is no box. Hello. Because yeah. <laughs> if you think outside the so, box, that means there's still a box. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm, I'm interrupting you. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, every, more contact. No, everyone can find me at brokengirlunchain.com, which is our website. It's full of articles, um, investigations, like in, in, some of the family court cases that we're covering, mm-hmm. um, like the malicious prosecution of Carolyn Shop. Um, the firefighter story, which is our good friend, Lacey Newell. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those are some of the, uh, the cases that we're investigating, we're picking apart. And um, also, too, you can find us on any podcast platform, iHeartRadio, Pandora, which we're um, partners with. And um, yeah, you can find us anywhere, Spotify, um, Google Pods, uh, no, it's Google Podcast. And then um, our, uh, Alexa, what's up? <laughs> yeah, wow. you, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> no, I need to talk to you about that, too. That's because that's I need to. We're on a bunch of places now, but I need to uh, get more visible and bigger. And, uh, you know, because we're so censored, too, by, by big tech ever since I came out. Um, 
March 2nd, we did a show that chloroquine kills COVID. There's no need for a vaccine. And it was March 2nd of 2020. We were way ahead of everybody. You know, I wrote a bill February 27th of 2020. This is like two weeks before the, the 15 days to slow the spread. I wrote a bill saying that Congress can only spend half their money on vaccines. The other half has to be spent on early treatments and cures. There would have been no COVID uh-huh. pandemic if they followed that bill. So we're, we're out there, way out there, and proud of it. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Well, you have you. to be proud of yourself. You have to be I proud am. of yourself. That, that's, that's amazing work. And it's, you know, it's any, no one's going to advocate for ourselves but us. Let's be mm-hmm. honest here. You're not going to find, true. you know, someone that has your true best interests at heart or your family's best interests at heart aside from you. So, and us, we, the people, are the only people that can cause change. So, if you don't like the gas prices are too high, you don't like your president, you don't like your who's in who's um, in Congress for your state, or whatever the case may be, speak up, get off your butt, and you know, wake the f up, America, because <laughs> where we're going. You know, it's very, very dark. It's very strategic. They have a plan for us, and it's to divide us, not a nation under God, period. Well, we just have to have a better plan and be more determined. Yeah, I know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, do the, do the, 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 not the real warfare, but the, the, the psychological and, of course, the, the, the populist. You know, the revolution's already started, folks. You know, folks like uh, Juliet, me, a bunch of other people, we are the revolution. It's already here. It's already happening. We just need the rest of you to join us. <laughs> Make it a lot easier and faster. <laughs> okay. But it's very peaceful, That's very orderly, very organized, very, uh, you know, we're very directed, but uh, above all, peaceful. And so this is how we make change. You know, so there we go. All right, we've been saying goodbye for the last half hour, so let's actually do it. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just so excited. You're now part of my podcast family, and you're. Aww. I'm so excited and blessed to meet you, and thank you so much for having me. I truly, truly so honored and blessed. You said amazing things about me that I, I needed to hear, and I don't hear every day. And it, it's just, you know, dealing with something this dark, it's really hard for any mom or any parent, any protective parent to really, you know, pull themselves out of and push through and fight back. So I just want to thank you for giving me my voice back. I've been kind of, I took a kind of a hiatus on my platform because I was focusing on my case, uh, working with my, um, with my team. So, um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. You are thank so you. welcome. <laughs> you're absolutely welcome. And you're, you're a member of our family at Action Radio, too. And so you can call back anytime. You don't need an invitation. If you're listening, if you want to join us, just feel free. Just drop in. Oh, you're, you're a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. Greg. And, yeah, anybody can find me on Broken Girl Unchained. And this is Juliet, and I'm signing off. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Juliet. And I'm Greg Penglis, and this is Action Radio, and you can find us here at blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. And our, we- our website for legislation is, is uh, I mean, I've been talking too long this morning, writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. So I'll play a couple quick things here. We'll give you that in, uh, in a slower version. <laughs> and I'll be back tomorrow at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time, our regular time, with more guests, more fun, more reports, and all the things that we do here um, at Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? 
It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. <laughs> 